Smartcast. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock climbing Libra, and loves rom coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Yes. You were one of the handful of people who've actually been to my home. Oh. So yeah, and even the cups. Look at this. The cups are teal as well. Oh, I know. I'm I'm a little on brand. I don't even know where you find teal solo cups. <laughs> uh, for those of you who've been listening, work through our technical difficulties. Hello, my name is Blue Tulusma. Welcome to another episode of Humanize. This is the first one of 2023 Eww. with a guest. <laughs> How do you feel? I feel amazing. <laughs> Here's the funny thing that's so crazy, Lulu. And by the way, uh, Lulu, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, give your your full government name, how you feel. I don't know if you're hiding from anybody. <laughs> I'm fortunately not hiding from anyone. So my name is Lutasha Bradley. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. And Blue is one of my best good friends. I can't believe that I know so many people from Detroit. Look at God. So because Lulu doesn't drink during the month of January, I do not understand this dry January thing. We are drinking kombucha today, so we have to do a toast. What do you want to toast to before we get started? Let's toast to a lovely podcast. Oh, that's not really going to happen. Okay. Let's toast the booty in abundance. Oh, Salud. I love that. <laughs> All right, I'm going to take a sip. Shout out to anybody who's listening to us drinking on yes. Spotify right now. Mm. Kombucha is like, it wanted to be alcohol, but it didn't. It wanted so bad, too. Do you like kombucha? I do. I'm here for a kombucha moment. It's an interesting flavor palette. Because I feel like it gives you a little razzle-dazzle. Like. Yeah, yeah, my throat is confused. Like <laughs> I feel like I wanted to have a drink, but this is not a drink. Um, now, Lulu, we have not seen each other. This is our first time seeing each other this year. Oh, yeah, that's How do you right. feel? It's great. I know I, we, we've been on a quarterly um, meeting, so... That is true. I feel good about us seeing each other more. But here's the thing, though. You always see me when you're seeing your lash lady who lives down the street. <laughs> So I'm wondering, does Lulu love me or do I just happen to live near her lash lady? <laughs> Listen, it's a little bit of both. <laughs> okay, I appreciate that. We're going to jump right into an update about how the new year was because I made it a point in the mini episode that we did last week not to talk about my new year. I want to talk to you about it. Before I talk about what happened on my trip, how was your new year's? Because you're always having the reels where it looks like you and your friends are having <laughs> the best time ever. Mm-hmm. I don't get FOMO often, but some of your videos, I'm like, huh, I probably should have been there. <laughs> Perhaps. The next time you go to Pajama Jam, that's what I want to go to. Yes, that was a lot of fun. That look, shout out to Brian Henry, uh, past guest Brian of the Henry. show. Brian Henry came on and did an episode with us last year. Oh, cool. Very sexy. Yeah. That man was just oozing. <laughs> it was just coming out of his pores. It was pores. coming out of his pores. <laughs> So what did you do for the holiday? Um, so for Christmas, I was in D.C. My sister lives there. Oh. And all of my family came to her house. D.C.? And I would have thought Detroit. 
Yeah, I'm originally from Detroit, but that everyone went to D.C. this year because we just needed a little change of scenery. And you picked Chocolate City? Uh, yeah, of course. I love D.C. You know, let me not talk crap. I lived in D.C. <laughs> for 12 years. So people are like, what does Blue have against D.C.? I love D.C. too. Um, when I think of D.C., I think of, don't get mad at me, D.C. is what Atlanta pretends to be. Mm. We're starting early. Controversial <laughs> but brave, right? Because D.C. has, like, I think, like the, the biggest like capital of, like, uh, rich black people in the country, mm -hmm. Atlanta pretends to be that. <laughs> so why do you love D.C.? I love it because, you know, it was full of, like, rich, successful, shiny black families actually yeah, succeeding. exactly. And I, I feel like, you know, it's, it's a, there's a ton of black excellence there. And there's men with, like, five-year plans and 401ks and valid <laughs> driver's license. It's, like, really nice. Did like you say that. men with five-year plans? <laughs> And the plans are not to become a rapper. At all. Like, not even close. I have a question. At what age is a man too old to be an aspiring rapper? I'm going to sip on this one. I think that I feel like probably around, I feel like probably 40? between. That was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say 30, but I was like, maybe 35. Because even if you're into rap, then maybe you could start making beats or maybe you could write you songs. making beats. Yeah, like I'm more of somebody who's made, because you can have another job and make beats, but you are out here trying to battle rap. If I meet a 35-year-old <laughs> aspiring rapper who makes beats in his basement. <laughs> what if he has another job? Like, what if that's just his side, like something he likes to do for fun? Let me tell you something. I have dated potential <laughs> for several years. And what I've learned what is... What if he had a whole career? Uh, what then, kind of career? Like, he was a... He was a software engineer. Okay, that's a career. And uh -huh. then he was like also like trying to make, to beats. make beats. Like, but he just liked that's a it. Flight risk. Maybe he just no. Liked it. I know so many people who have good jobs, and then they have a dream. And how do I say this? Sometimes what we choose doesn't choose us back. <laughs> Could you date somebody who was a, a creative who was bad at their art? No. Why? Because, like, I am the person who needs help all the time. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. She said, I'm the one with the potential. Right. Okay, what's interesting <laughs> is my homegirl Mimi was once dating this guy named Matt. Oh, I'm using government names. This kombucha Ooh, might be working. Right. Yo, I have. I forgot to eat today, so uh -oh. this actually feels like alcohol for me. That's cute. I might get drunk. I love it. You said that's cute. <laughs> I love that for me. No, for my you. friend Mimi was dating this, this guy named Matt, and he was fine. He was like 6'3", strong back, because y'all know I, I love a strong back. Love um, back. Very handsome some make decent money and he was a filmmaker okay i said you have to date matt he's probably the most attractive lovely and you know he's a libra i have a thing about libras she goes to his film festival it was absolute trash oh no and she and i had a debate like can i date somebody whose dream i don't believe in that face <sighs> is telling me no girl you can't even fake it for the cameras <laughs> so okay let's get off this tangent I feel like there's so many men right now who are listening who are like I feel like they just attacked my whole life choice before they did their update about the year we weren't talking about you we were <laughs> we were 100% talking about you so number one DC was fun yes DC had lots of men with five year plans yes are you dating in a relationship or hiding from the feds like what is your status of that you want to share on camera I am currently in a relationship oh <gasps> You claimed it on camera. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so, girl, I was trying to be a good friend. You know when your friend is talking to somebody, but you don't know how serious it is, so you try to give them an alley-oop? You're claiming him. I did it. I did the thing. I ripped the Band-Aid off. When did this happen? I mean, it's been a progression. No, when did you admit it was happening? 
Because um, he claimed you immediately. <laughs> Do you want to share the story for those of you who are listening about how... You, don't use no names, because I'm not trying to get sued. <laughs> about how you ended up with your man. Because we're doing a whole episode next month about d- love and dating. Mm-hmm. But this feels like a natural little heads up about... Natural progression. Mm-hmm. So, like, the whole story? No, like, the phone call. I'll, 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 I'll cue it up. Okay. Lulu was dating people. People were not working out. So Lulu calls calls up her fine ass homeboy <laughs> that she has known for seventeen years. That's longer than Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> she calls up her friend that she's known for seventeen years and says, "Hey, I was just thinking, I would love to date a guy who you know who's a cool dude like you. You know, and good guys tend to know other good guys. Do you know anybody who you could potentially hook me up with? And what did your good homie of seventeen years say to you, Lulu?" He asked me specifically what I was looking for. And what did you say? I told him that I wanted somebody who was honest, mm-hmm. somebody who was confident, mm-hmm. someone who loved themselves and their family, who was tall. Because <laughs> I'm 5'10". Latasha's 5'10", flat-footed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm 5'10". Mm-hmm. Somebody who was tall, somebody who had a good sense of humor, had a, a good job, and was actually single. Ooh. And what did he say when you said that? He said, you should just date me. Y'all hear that? That's, it got a little sexy in here, didn't it? The, even the producer <laughs> smiling. That, that's that's called game, okay? Someone's like, do you know anybody fine and successful with a good heart? And he's like, uh, me? And how did you feel when he said, I, I love this story so much. Why do I get so titillated by this story? How did you feel when he said that to you? I was like, oh. <laughs> were, you, were you turned on a little bit? By I how? was. I was a little turned on. Here's the, the question, though. He's fine. She, she left that part out. She's like, oh, his insides, <laughs> his credit score. He's also very attractive, right? He is. He is very attractive. One of my male friends said to me, stuff like that is only considered cute if the guy is cute. But if an unattractive man was to do the same thing, you might have been creeped out. Is that true? That is true. Oh, snap. Okay, we found <laughs> the truth all 2020. <laughs> wait, wait. This, is this a problematic podcast? I thought you were going to I mean, okay. So I'm maybe not creeped out, but I just No, like, I'd be creeped out of somebody I found like, unattractive. Oh, was, dang. That sucks. Did he meet the you? family for in, in this D.C. family gathering? No, he's actually met them before. He, um, he went to Detroit with me. He had, like, some business in Detroit, and I went with him, and he met my mom. Bef- my parents before we were like official official and then he came back y'all for... go together for real <laughs> we, go back. We, we go together for real had your family met him as your homeboy as your friend they had not no Mm-mm. yo so <laughs> what I've learned today in the past like three minutes is that <laughs> I need to go through my list of male friends and just start calling them up and see check the roster actually no I don't think I would date any of my male friends really you, mm-hmm. knew, you know too much huh I know too much, and I'm not. How do I actually know that was going to be spiteful? Well, I'm happy I stopped myself from saying that. <laughs> I know too much, and I'm also not attracted to how they court. Mm. Because most. That's a real thing. Yeah. This, here's the thing the guy you're talking about is in his 40s, right? Nope. Oh, how old is he now? He's 50. He just turned 50? Yeah, he did just turn 50. Is that why we call him the nickname? Yes. I don't want to say it. Look, I'm, I'm trying to protect my friend, y'all. I didn't know she was going to claim somebody. I thought we were going to come on the show and pretend to be two single gals. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a whole other episode. All these notes, I'm going to throw these right. away. <laughs> what kind of man you looking for, my man? Okay, we're going to skip this whole segment about relationships. So he's 50, but he was in his 40s when you guys started yeah, dating. he was, yes. Most of my guy friends are in their 30s. Yeah. And I don't know how to say this. You know how there's a theory that your frontal lobe does not congeal and become fully formed till you're 26? Uh-huh. I think in tw- in the 2020s, for most men, it's like probably 36. And I agree. And also, I think that 
in the industry that you work in, since it's the, the entertainment industry, there's like a Peter Pan syndrome exactly. and always looking for the next best thing or something can be better or anything And we're like not that. man bashing because I'm yeah. actually, I think with the exception of Lulu and like three other girls, 90% of my friends are men. It's just that if you love somebody, you got to tell the truth. Yeah. I love them, but I, could, I would never want to date most of them because they're stunted. And to your point, Hollywood makes you stunted wherever you think you're popping. Yeah. So if you moved here when you were 23 and that's when you thought you were popping, you're going to be 23 <laughs> until you're 60, which is really, really sad. Have you ever dated anybody in the industry? Um, yes. That lip quiver told me that it's time to move on to hot topics. I'll, if you're not in the studio, the way I felt the seismic quiver through. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that off camera. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, let's go to hot topics, guys. All right. So the reason why Lulu's here is because the show humanizes about humanizing big people, big personalities. Right? Mm -hmm. You have a very awesome big personality. Thank you. But for this year, I because we're going to come back weekly. Uh -huh. Shout out to everybody who harassed me on DMs about not having the show come out weekly. We are finally coming out weekly, <laughs> even though I'm the one footing the bill. This is my my love offering to you guys. And I wanted to have something that we're calling play cousins. Okay. People who I love talking to in general who can come back regularly and not to like promote anything just to like be a guest co-host and you were one of the first people I thought of you and Jeffrey oh I love that which is that. hilarious because I met you through Jeffrey <laughs> I was like where is he is he in the country I think he's here now I think he's in LA now now what did I say about men in their 30s <laughs> the fact that we're trying to figure out where, where this grown man is all of our friends are jet setters he's been tootsie rolling for like the past four months you're being nice. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't like tried to figure out where Jeffrey was since last April. I love him. By the way, you guys, this is Chef Jeff. I think we've had him on the show like two or three times. We love Jeffrey on the show. He's so yes, fun. He is. I, I feel like if I had both of you on the show at the same time, it would be a ruckus, a cackle fest. We might want to do that actually. Let me know. All right, so we're gonna get into hot topics for you guys for full transparency. This episode is coming out next week, but also um, I want to make sure that we're talking about things that didn't get talked about during my hiatus. I was gone for six months. Ooh. A lot has happened. Uh, Tory Lane's going to jail. <laughs> uh, hell is frozen over because I guess 50 Cent actually apologized for the first time in this millennia. Oh my goodness. Like all types of interesting things happened. But what recently happened as of the day of this posting is we just had the Golden Globes. Oh yeah. I sent you a, a, a text message at like 5 a.m. Sorry about that. No problem. I was up. Were you like working out and stuff? Yeah. Y'all can't tell, but Latasha is 5'10 <laughs> and has about 3% body fat. Oh, I wish. She's very... You wore Daisy Dukes for your birthday outfit. I did. Nobody <laughs> who has any real significant body fat, except for Lizzo maybe, because she's very body positive, would be wearing Daisy Dukes in a crop top. And girl, nothing was jiggling. Thanks, friend. Think, why, why are you thinking me at the gym? <laughs> I had nothing to do with that. I was eating a chicken wing like, wow, Latasha's really in shape. So... We were watching the, uh, I was watching the Golden Globes and I saw it in, in Shades. And by watching the Golden Globes, I was on Twitter. I was going to come in line and say I watched them. I was on Twitter, <laughs> y'all. I watched the Golden Globes on Twitter where I watched most of my television. <laughs> and so many things happened. A lot of things. The reason why I wanted to talk about this, I usually don't talk about award shows, is this is probably the first super bougie award show I've watched since yeah. the infamous slap. <laughs> <laughs> Wish that slap was addressed. <laughs> that slap was addressed by Eddie Murphy, of all people. <laughs> Eddie, I love you, Eddie. So Eddie Murphy addressed the slap. If you haven't watched the Golden Globes, Twitter will, keep, will catch you up. And them having Ger Gerard Carmichael. For those of you who do not know, Gerard Carmichael is a very edgy black comic 
who recently came out in a Netflix special last year, I think. Was it last year? Yeah. And the Netflix special was very conversational. He's very re- relaxed in his skin. And when they, the, the Hollywood Foreign Press, for them to never have a black host and to pick this edgy, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Get a black man, people, right? All people to be their first black co-host. I was like, oh, so we're not even like doing like black light. Like you could have had like a Wayne Brady or something, right? No. Nope, nope. oh, oh, by the oh, Wayne Brady follows me. Wayne, that was not a dig. <laughs> you could have had somebody a little bit more palatable. You know what I mean? Yeah. And by palatable, I mean palatable for like the mainstream gays. But he immediately. He was out there for blood. Yo, I there were so many times that I was uncomfortable, but I was like, this is hilarious because all these rich white folks paid this man to come and roast them. <laughs> and so my first question is, do you think the Golden Globes made the right decision by letting Gerard Carmichael on the stage for two hours straight? <laughs> for my personal entertainment, yes. You are so messy. <laughs> I just learned so much. You are so messy. I actually think that he did a great job he did as an far as job. Ricky Gervais did it all the time. Yeah, constantly. And that's exactly what I was going to bring up. Because he's always saying the thing and he's always roasting people and he's mm-hmm. always calling out pedophiles and he's always like calling out all kinds of stuff. So Not I'm pedophiles. Like, that was a very specific <laughs> But he is. And yeah. I, I like that about him. So for him to like say the thing, like the elephant that is in the room, it's just like you guys have literally never had any black people before here, before George Floyd. I mean, you can make your own decision, but these are the facts. That's true. Because you know? maybe years of not a single black person. Not one. That is a lot. I do think that the joke that offended people was the Whitney Houston joke because he said hey we're at the we're at the Golden Globes at the same hotel where you know Whitney Houston died that joke didn't offend me personally even though I love Whitney yeah the joke that actually made me scared was the Scientology joke <laughs> right <laughs> I was like oh you need security right? <laughs> yeah when he made a Scientology joke let me just tell you I have nothing against Scientologists I I do not judge people's uh, religious <laughs> affiliations if you think there's an alien in the sky who's gonna come feed you pineapples and save you that is your business but I was scared because they have money they're powerful people for Tom sure. Cruise alone because <laughs> they got a hit I have a friend I'm not gonna say his name. Not a friend. That was that was overstating. I have a colleague that I happen to be in the same room with, mm-hmm. who did a movie with Tom Cruise. Yeah, that actually narrows it down a lot. I'm not good at hiding stuff. <laughs> and he mentioned he was like, no, when you're in Tom Cruise's stratosphere, mm-hmm. that's a different kind of famous. Really, you could be in L.A. for 20, 30 years. Tom Cruise famous is, is next level. It's almost like you could kill a, kill a man. You, you could probably get away with it. Like I'm not allegedly, allegedly. We Lord, have no proof. We're going off the rails. We, we have no what proof. Is this kombucha. You know what it is? I've been fasting all day, and mm. kombucha is probably not the way to break a fast on camera. Probably not. Probably not. But it's cute though. Like it's giving you a buzz. It's it's giving what it's supposed to give. Okay, so we agree that Gerard Carmichael was a good de- a good decision. Um, everybody's saying that they don't think he's ever going to be invited back to another podcast. Do you agree? No, absolutely. I don't think that's true. I think that. I probably I think that he'll get a lot of positive feedback from this. Who, who aside from the BET Awards is going to uh, uh, invite him to host another show? Some white man with a great personality. Because you know how like those, there's those white men and be like, you know what? I like that shit. The kind of white men who would flip the table and call grandma racist at Thanksgiving. Yep. Yeah, like the super woke allies. Exactly. That's and true, and they're true. they're sprinkled in there. They really are. And then they have they they like take very hard stances. Like you know, that's true. You know, I remember this one comedian. I don't remember who it was, but he was talking about. He was like, if you ever go to jail, call that one white friend who's gonna go up there angry and cause a ruckus. I have one. Shout out to white that. Kim. Yeah. <laughs> no, I had some issues with the cops once. It was a long story. Do not actually Google me and the word Airbnb. <laughs> 
you Google my name and the word Airbnb, a very harrowing tale pops up. And my friend White Kim is the person who, let me just tell you what happened. My Airbnb guest got drunk and smeared poo all over my house. Oh my goodness. I thought I was going to go to jail for beating this man. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized he's a small blonde man. Yeah. Even if he smeared poo all over my walls, I know what optics are. Right. So I went to White Kim's house and had her come to the house with me. Like, White Kim, we're going to beat this man up. Because you have to. But we called the cops. And guess what the cops said to me? They were like, he's a nice boy. You should forgive him. And I feel like if y'all ever got into a fight, you'd probably win. The cops wow. told me that. <laughs> Do you guys understand how deep racism has to be that someone Ugh. can defecate and then put it in their hands and smear it all over your house? Literally Google me and Airbnb and this story will pop up. It really happened. It went viral, unfortunately. <laughs> For a year when you looked me up, that story was the only thing that popped up. Oh, my God. This man defecated all over my house and the cop told me that I seemed like more of a threat. <laughs> me with no poo on me. <laughs> Or in your hands. You can literally, this is how racism works. You can literally shit all over yourself and smear over the walls. As long as you're white. Yeah. All you got to do is be white. (laughs) So speaking of that, here's my issue with the feedback I got about Gerard's uh, performance. Everyone said he went too far. He went too far. Gerard did something that I call punching up. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about people who are higher than you in the social economic food chain, a bunch of really rich white folks, that's punching up. They can take the hit. Yeah, absolutely. Chappelle, on the other hand, <laughs> was punching down. Uh-huh. And so for me, how do you spend two, three years watching Netflix specials saying Chappelle's so edgy and y'all can't take the truth? But like Gerard Carmichael, a recently out gay man in a silky pink suit. <laughs> At dinner theater, that's that's threatening to you. So for me, I think you did a great job. Angela Bassett um, did a great job just looking like herself. Oh my gosh, she's amazing. She looked gorgeous, always. She is so pretty. Like, it confuses me sometimes. I just be staring (laughs) at her like, but why though? Like, how? Why do you you look like that? I once looked at her regimen. I was like, I want to age like Angela Bassett. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I read her regimen. I don't need to age like Angela Bassett. (laughs) She likes Samir's unicorn tears on her face. Oh. Like every day, she's like raw, vegan. She mm. works out more than you do, probably. Ugh. By the way, working out, and this is a, this is the Angela a Bassett tangent. I feel like Angela Bassett has that body and is built like that because she's been working out since, since the beginning. Right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. what's love got to do with this? She already had the arms, right? Right. Is it possible to, in your late 30s or early 40s, start working out and get there? Or is, Absolutely. Or has the ship sailed because you're college no, 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 no. and your elasticity said, girl, <laughs> you already made your choices. Eat the hot dog. Absolutely not. I th- you you definitely can get there. I think it, it's probably a little harder. It's always harder to get there than it is to maintain. But it's you probably a little harder as gym speak for, girl, you're going to cry a lot. And you're never going to look like me, <laughs> but it's okay. No, because seriously, I was thinking this year... I really want to focus on health goals. And yes, I have had previous episodes when I've said this. Okay, let me, let me work through my stuff. <laughs> if you want an accountability partner. Girl, not G.I.J. <laughs> Get it? That was an Oscars joke. Get it? Full circle. Chris, I see what you did soon. there. Not too soon. Not at all. You had lots of hair, so I felt comfortable making that joke without you slapping me. You know, I'm here for you. Um, I love that Quinta also won, too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely love her. Obsessed. Uh. I shout out to Brian Javar for dressing her spectacularly. Right. Oh, that's another thing too. We spent so much time kikiing on the couch at Jeff's house. Small world. You see how everybody knows each other. (laughs) Like a lot of times, I forget what he does because he's so funny. He's hilarious. And then he'll tell a story. He'll say Quinta. I'm like, oh right, because you're a celebrity stylist and you. Yeah, Quinta is amazing. Funny enough, today I'm wearing a shirt from that says Chocolate and Wealthy. 
It's from my homegirl, Lana. She used to be a producer with me. And Lana actually grew up with Quinta. Oh, cool. Well, not grew up, but they went to college together, which to me is still growing up. Yeah. And they're really tight. And so I thought, like, in honor of Quinta wearing, I would wear a t shirt, a sweatshirt from a black designer. That's Shout so out cute. to Philly. North Philly people are very, very uh, loyal to each other. If you know anybody from North Philly, I feel like everybody from North Philly knows, uh, what's his name? Uh, Will Smith? Yeah. Did I really just say, what's his name? <laughs> you guys, I'm blaming the kombucha. That's offensive. All right. <laughs> Is it really offensive? <laughs> Not really. Speaking of offensive, apparently, like the segue, um, <laughs> there's a rapper named Big Scar, whose brother Queasy, Queasy. Um, attended his funeral. I don't know any of these people, guys. I'm, I'm much older than this demographic, so like, let me work through this, all right? I'm trying to sound young and hip. <laughs> and Big Scar's brother Queasy reportedly shot a music video at his funeral. Lulu, this is the part where you say something. <laughs> so my question was, is it tacky? Yes. Wait, Lulu, I didn't ask the question. Oh. Where is the line between what's tacky and what's just keeping up with the times? Because I had a younger person in my life in their early 20s tell me that I was being an auntie because, you know, he was shooting content. And this is a tribute. Are the kids okay? Is my <laughs> Like, there was a moment where I was about to go into a debate. I'm like, am I about to argue with a grown woman about why shooting a music video at your brother's funeral is a bad idea? If I got into that debate, I'm the fool, right? So my question is, where is the line, Lulu? Like, what would you tape and what wouldn't you tape? I think that taping... <laughs> A music video at a funeral, uh huh. I, I, I feel like that's too much. And maybe I'm an auntie too because. Oh, no, are we both aunties? I think so. Oh, well, we're cute. Yeah. <laughs> because my thing is like, there's so many times when we go out, you guys always know I'm the one who's taping everything. Yes. So she, my friend was like, well, aren't you being a hypocrite because you always tape? I'm not taping. Some things are off limits, right? Like, yeah. And even sometimes when you guys, I have the camera up, I'll mute you guys if y'all say something that I do not want. <laughs> a part of it is probably no, me. It'd be good for me, but my I'm drunk like, ass. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want you guys to sound like that on the social medias. and what, So I'm always muting my friends. Like discernment is a thing probably because I am a bit of an auntie. Yeah. But like, I think if I had a friend who had no discernment, I probably wouldn't be comfortable with they, them taping me. Yeah, I I agree. I I completely. I feel like there's a time and a place for everything. Yeah. So. What, what are the places where you wouldn't pull out a camera? Cause I tape everything. I would think a funeral for one. Yeah, a funeral is probably uh the hospital. A lot of people, a lot of people they'll be like, oh, grandma just died, and they're taking a selfie with grandma. Yeah, course. or, or even like weird. somebody giving birth. Maybe I don't know if I. I've seen one of those birth videos. I don't think I might want to have children anymore. Like it's, If it, it was it for educational purposes, sure. But like, no, but I'm saying like, you know no, how for... No, them educating you. On, on the, <laughs> <laughs> this is what my placenta looks like. Yeah, that's not the Discovery Channel, no. But if it's just like for the gram, probably not. I would probably not want to tape, this is going to sound controversial, an intimate proposal. Okay. So if I had a proposal where there's friends and family, well, the jig's already up. Y'all already here. Yeah. But if it was something super intimate and it's just us. If it was just you and him. I would not want him to tape that and like, well, maybe he could tape like a like a personal tape, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't want that posted something super intimate. Because I've had a couple moments where I felt like taping it pulls you out of some moments. It does. It absolutely does. Do you and your beloved, are you guys uh, Instagram official? Do you have pictures of his face? You know, I'm looking like, as I'm asking you, I'm about to look up your page. <laughs> is this man on your page? And when do you decide it's time to put somebody's face on your Instagram? He is not. Like, I think he he makes, like, you know, guest appearances here and there, like on a... Like, where's Waldo? Like, which one's her man? Yeah. 
<laughs> smart. <laughs> I'm gonna start doing well group pictures with whoever I. That is smart. Does he ever feel bad that you don't like shout him out more? Oh uh, no, I don't think it bothers him. I think at first he was like, "Why?" and I was like, "Well, I just don't really do that." And he was okay with it. Really, he grown. Now my question is like, you're in a new relationship. Uh-huh. I can't believe we're really talking about this. This oh whole my thing. god, this is yeah. not the conversation that I planned on having, <laughs> but I'm just gonna roll with it. You're in a new relationship. You have new Rihanna hair. I love this. It's giving very easy breezy rich Bayesian. And you're up here, you know, in your best like fit level, whatever. What New Year's resolution do you have? Because that's usually people's lists. <laughs> like, I was going to ask you what's your New Year's resolution, but I'm like, you probably are living the list. What is on your New Year's resolutions list? I usually don't do a ton of like resolutions, but I I try to do things where I'm evolving and I'm just trying to get better like as a, as a person, as okay. a sister, as a daughter as a friend and one of the most random <laughs> resolutions that i have is I'm like nervous is <laughs> really just to make my bed every day i have a hard time with that so when someone's <laughs> in shape and in a loving relationship this is the kind of shit they come up with <laughs> i'm about to go on a detox next week <laughs> and eat wheatgrass and cry into the sunlight and lulu wants to make her bed Listen, Any, we, anything anything sexier than that, Lulu? We all have our strengths and weaknesses. Really? <laughs> okay. I want to be more disciplined about like you know different things that I, in in my life because working out is is not a difficult thing for me to do because I've done it all my life. So I feel like it's not. Yeah, sp- sp- speak to me for for this small section of people who like working out. I, I want to hear how y'all think. It's it's funny because I actually do like working out, and oh. my boyfriend he doesn't. Oh, I said my boyfriend. <gasps> Yeah, this whole episode is. Oh my gosh, you're in a relationship, girl. What? When I met you, you were you were. I was fancy you were out free. here. I was out here. I belong to the streets. Uh, don't say that, girl. Girl, you got a man. You can't say no. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. <laughs> you know what? I think the kombucha is working better than I it thought. It is working. So you're no longer for the streets. No. You're in a relationship and you, he's a personal trainer? No. He's, um, he just looks like that for he just looks like no that. reason? Well, he does He does martial arts, so he like... <laughs> Lutasha's boyfriend is a ninja. This is why her news resolution is to make her bed. Okay, so your boyfriend is a, a martial artist. Yes. And you come from a family of like athletes. I do. Yes, I do. You're the shortest person in your family. By I age. am. <laughs> but explain to me. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt because my brain is still trying to recognize that you're about to tell me why you enjoy working out and mm-hmm. so I, I have to process this yes. explain to me why you think it's fun to torture yourself every day well I think that I know what the result is and mm-hmm. I like being I like feeling strong nice. and I like feeling um, healthy because it, it like makes me feel better about myself so I feel when I eat a salad and that's great you know <laughs> I know a lot of in shape people who do not like working out that's and, true. and I like specific types of workout like I do not like to run I do not like really? to go on long runs. I do not like to do sprints. I do not like to do any of that. Girl, what are you doing then? You just name half the gym. Yeah, I don't like. I like to lift weights. Oh, that's why you so toned and stuff. I like to do yoga. I like to, and my cardio is literally like walking or the stairmaster. So you do the stairmaster on purpose. Mm-hmm. 
Oh. Jeff got me doing that death trap. Jeff does have a very taut high booty. He does. Jeff has a great body. Jeff, but here's the thing I love about Jeff too. Jeff works out a lot because he eats a lot. Yes. I but that's maintenance though. It is, yeah. I would love to get to that space mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, I can work out because I know I'm about to eat a steak or something. <laughs> if I work out and eat a steak, I'm gonna I'm nothing's gonna happen. I'm not gonna change. <laughs> would you have a tip for somebody who does not want a New Year's resolution around fitness? Cause you know it's kind of toxic how everybody floods the gym in January and then by February first the memberships have kind of lapsed. Yeah. What is the tip for someone who wants to start liking the gym? Is there like a mind fuck that you do to convince yourself that this is fun? Because I still can't believe you really mean that you enjoy this. I think that you have to just find an exercise that you enjoy or you don't hate. Like some people like to... to Some people like to hike. Some people like yoga. Some people like Pilates. Some people like classes, outdoor classes. And the good thing about LA is... uh Uh-oh. The is, that little, is, is that your man? His, <laughs> his ears were ringing. That's hilarious. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. So you really just have to find something that you don't mind doing. And and then you you can do that. So it's not like, oh, I'm dreading. Like, I don't even really like to go to the gym, per se. Mm. I prefer to take classes. Like, so I'll go to, like... I was literally looking up workouts to see if I liked it. I don't like anything on this list. <laughs> uh-huh. And then also, if you get, like, a buddy. Like, if you have a workout buddy... Then they'll can Look like. You, did you just raise your hand like you were offering yourself up as my workout buddy? I would totally. We are do. not the same fitness level. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yes, it does. Because <laughs> if we're taking classes, you all go at your own pace. Yeah, you in the front. I'm in the back near the exit, <laughs> trying to get called Uber. No, let me tell you something. The problem with being someone who's not in shape, who's all their friends look like fitness models, is you all very are lovingly offering to be my workout buddy. Why do you think that would make sense for me? I'm telling you, like, just give it a go. I tried to train for a 10K with a marathoner. Well, yeah, no. And I, I, the shame I felt. (laughs) Shame. No, I don't feel shame very often. This, this, the deer were out running me and they were walking. (laughs) We were going through, I think it was like Rock Creek Park, something in DC. And we were Mm. running and he ran so much. He finished his and then came back to like, cheer me on oh, oh that's cute to you no but like, that happens to me my sister is a runner and she does the same thing and she's trying to give me all these positive affirmations and how I do just you wanna, feel i just want to punch her in the face so thank you so i am you it's okay? not the same thing <laughs> well, i want to punch you in the face in the gym with friends <laughs> this is one of those things where i feel like i'm trying to be funny but i'm also being serious like i want to work out find a way to love it for myself yes and then when i love it Y'all could come see me show off. You should take class pass and then try like a bunch of different stuff and see if anything well, that speaks sounds like to you. So much work, Pran. You're getting a little bit outside of your comfort zone, which is oh good. no, I live outside my comfort zone. Well, then come yeah. on, get out. All right, so we are we're making a thing that by the end of not 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 this month, child. Um, by my birthday, we'll circle back okay. and see if I found a way to convince myself to like working out. If you guys have a workout that you actually enjoy, and don't lie to me and say Pilates. <laughs> Were you Pilates there for that, that group Pilates class we took? No, I wasn't. Jeff, Jessica, uh, what's his name? James. I'm and Chitty? Na- uh, yeah, I'm Chitty. <laughs> you see how I'm naming everybody who has eight packs, right? <laughs> me and a bunch of people with eight packs who are not me all went to take a Pilates class. And when I tell you halfway through the, the instructor gave up on me, I was like, hey, I can't get my leg up. He was like, you're going to be okay. It's fine. But he was like, girl, why are you even here? Pilates class was so painful. Two days later, I thought I was in the clear. I'm at my friend's house, and out of nowhere, my groin starts hurting. <laughs> Sometimes, like, soreness does come, like, like 48 hours later. In your groin? That's intimate. Uh, speaking of pain. Oh, that was a bad segue. 
Um, I think that a part of me is wondering if I want to change my word for the year, because every year I pick a word, I'm going to ask you to think about it, like what your word is. Okay. My word for this year is discipline. Okay. And I recognize that even the most successful people I know have told me that they have a hard time with discipline. Like they'll have spurts of productivity. Yeah. And then they'll go off and wander and do ratchet things with their bougie friends. <laughs> you seem like a very disciplined person, which is why I'm surprised that making your bed is something that you don't naturally do. <laughs> Do you have any tips for anybody who's looking to be disciplined? Because you come from a family of people who, your whole family, we'll get into that at some point. Your whole family sounds very disciplined. You all work out. Mm -hmm. You all have like really strong mindsets. You all like doctors, lawyers, and you know, and like you all do all these amazing things. How does one make the first step of doing something like that? Of being disciplined. I struggle also with being disciplined. And I think that I'm telling you the truth. Like I, I also struggle with it. But I think one of the best things is like, trying to associate it with something that you do all the time anyways. So oh. for example, like if you always, um, journal when you when you wake up then you oh. can make sure like i'm a journal and make my bed like right. for me or like if i always um on tuesdays i always go to the grocery store i'm gonna go to the grocery store and then work out like you try to put something together mm. where like something that you do anyways that's already a part of your routine and then you just add something that you want to add to your life and your discipline that sounds very logical latasha <laughs> <laughs> this was the part of the conversation where I was trying to keep it cute because I was like, okay, fine. Lutasha's going to tell us how to be Wonder Woman. I, I, I think what, all jokes aside, what you're saying is it's a mindset. It is, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not ready, it doesn't matter what you do, you're not going to be ready. I think for me, I'm at the point now where I realize this is the first holiday that I've spent where I'm not having my time wasted by somebody's son. Oh, that's cute for you. I love that. I love that for me too. And we were going to do uh, a like a two-part episode. I'm just going to tell the producer, we're just going to do the whole episode straight through, do a, a full episode. So this is perfect, right? I want to pivot into the best advice you've ever given me. Because here's <laughs> the thing. Everybody comes to me for advice. Like, oh, you're so wise. I feel like Baby Yoda sometimes. You are and very wise. I feel like I should be like a toothless sage <laughs> with sacred sea scrolls. You are very wise. Everybody thinks I'm so wise, but I'm still very human, right? Yeah. And so when your wise friend asks for advice, people are like, I don't know, I thought you had the answer. Like nobody ever knows how to give me goddamn advice. Yeah. And one day we were sitting on my couch getting lit. <laughs> we had drank a whole bottle of Urkendrick. What's Urkendrick's government name? It was Jameson. Oh, well, it's almost like it's almost yeah. like jerk. Tomato, tomato. It, it was brown liquor, okay? <laughs> and we were just throwing it back. And we were just talking. And I was like, Lulu, I'm tired of these insert expletives. <laughs> and I was like, you seem so at peace. And you're always laughing. You see how Lulu's always laughing? I was like, Lulu, how do you avoid heartache? And your answer was so simple, it blew my mind. <laughs> it was like Confucius had jumped into a black woman's body. And spoken oh to me. Lulu looked at me and said, I only date men who really like me. <laughs> <laughs> I need y'all to sit with that for a second, boys and girls. <laughs> I only date men who really like me. Now, for those of you who are like, blue dove, that's a basic bitch advice. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's really not. A you lot of you surprised. date the potential of someone liking you, or you date somebody who likes you a little bit, or you date somebody who's trying to figure out if they like you. And those dynamics create or, a pandering kind of situation. Yeah, or date somebody who's willing to sleep with you. Yes. Penises like to get wet, yes. Yes. But, like, 
The idea of only dating someone who really likes you. Yeah. I think the reason why it floored me is the only time I ever have any serious relationship issues is ambiguity. Mm. And ambiguity comes from not knowing if somebody really likes you or not. Yeah. So my question, why is relationship Buddha, <laughs> who's now dating a martial artist ninja, um, how do you figure out when someone really likes you? Give me some tips and tricks. This is you giving me advice now. <laughs> because, child, if this is the blind spot, this is my this is my Ray Charles moment where I do not see clearly when it comes to knowing somebody likes me. Because in my mind, if somebody's nice to me, oh, we like each other. I right. don't really know what the signs are. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's very diff- it's very it's very much a person by person thing, first of all. Um That's very sweet, but you know you got a list. <laughs> what's the what's the, Lulu's list of, oh, he really liked me? I think that if he goes out of his way for me, A, if he goes out of oh, his way, um, if he notices things that I like or don't like, mm-hmm. and he makes concessions for them without me I'm asking him. I'm going to write some of these down. Continue. <laughs> goes out of his way. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, because he's like actually paying attention to me. That means mm-hmm. he's paying attention to the things that I like, things that I don't like, things that How I How do you like know me. the difference between someone who's paying attention because they like you or paying attention because it's a love bombing? situation um because time really it's it it really is time time i'm really writing this down continue Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then also take take your time take your time with your own emotions as well like figure out if you like them too because i think that sometimes people and this is not exclusive to women at all like they you know are so infatuated with the idea of somebody and then they actually get to know them and you're like i actually don't really like that person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like your ego wants to win. You want to get chosen. Yeah. But who's really choosing you though? Yeah. And you just have to choose yourself. Like I once spent like a year of my life crying over somebody and my homegirl was like, why are you crying over an unemployed athlete? <laughs> With, with like a knee injury like what like Oof. i was like oh that's rough but she kind of right yeah but i just wanted to be like i want like we don't want to admit that we just want to be chosen yeah how did you uh break the cycle that happens in a lot of especially black communities with women about the pick me syndrome how did you beat the inner pick me out of you um it actually I, it got beat out of me very early like in high school oh pause for those who don't know what a pick me is it's a woman who's like pick me pick me i'm not like the other girls <laughs> go ahead uh-huh <laughs> Um, when I was in high school, I dated this guy who I was really into. And I mean, to make a long story short, he basically wasn't, did not feel the same way. And ever since then, like, I was like, I need somebody to be really into me or else, like, my pussy is dry. So you took one hit of rejection and said, not, I'm good. No I'm good. more. I'm good. Because. Why did that work on me? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, give me 20 more years of this. Let's figure it out. That's all it took? It really only took. It only one took and one, done. one and done. But that's, that's not even to say like, because I wow. feel like what you were saying about the love bombing. Mm-hmm. I had an, an ex who would do love bombing, but he, he did it like, cause he was just so trifling. Like he would love bomb like because he was being trifling on the back end, mm-hmm. which I didn't, I was so young. So I couldn't really decipher the difference. Cause you know, when you're young and someone's being crazy, you're like, Oh my God, he loves me. But like, really, he's just crazy. No, He's crazy. Yeah. He's really yeah. just crazy. So oh. I, I figured that. So not to say that I didn't have bumps and bruises, but I can't, I'm, I can't deal with M- MB. I can't even pronounce ambiguity. It. Ambiguity. I can't deal with that. I can't deal with indifference. I can't deal with like I have to be like the one. Like I'm Neo. Like as far as you're concerned, if if he's not acting like that, then I my so, pussy's dry. There's many male podcasters and those who love them who are going to be listening to this and be like, you're going to die alone. Like a lot of the male voices you hear now say mm-hmm. that women who talk like you. 
are too highfalutin and think too highly of themselves and they're probably going to die alone. Uh And so a part of me wonders, was there ever a time where you were taking the risk of, if you don't like me enough, I'm walking away, where you were scared that you might not get any more chances? Well, I, the thing about that is I, I feel, and I don't know if I'm different than other people. I'm not really very much so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not really afraid to be alone because I feel Pause. like <laughs> that is the word. Did y'all hear this? <laughs> Lulu said y'all can have it. I am not afraid to be alone. I'm not. And I, and I think that because I have so much love in a lot of different places, like I have several siblings. I'm very, very close with my family. Mm-hmm. I have amazing friends. So I'm never really alone. You so you're know saying I mean? that women who don't have friends and who are like, you know, orphans or whatever, like that's why that they No, I'm just trying to like <laughs> I'm like, you just thought you have a whole lot of love. So yes, if you have orphans. no friends or family <laughs> You're just kombucha to something in it. <laughs> if you have no friends and family, just like the first bus that comes. Oh. But if you do have a big tribe, then you you can that's actually a funny thing, but it's true though. No, it is true. But I, I oh think my that, God. but I think that um I'm an only child. So this is why guys it's not my fault I have no siblings. <laughs> Got it. But you have a you have a great circle. I do. You know, you have lots of people who love you. you know oh, that's I mean? beautiful. I'm an emotional drunk, y'all. <laughs> oh, people love me. Yo, I am so twisted off a of kombucha right now. Oh my god. What is in this? And here's the thing. Why aren't you feeling this? I because I'm like a full drunk. I've been drunk since October. That's, <laughs> that's, wait, that's wait, why wait. I had to do dry January. Wait, 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 wait. wait. This is an intervention. We're trying to talk about love. <laughs> okay. All right, so the kombucha has me a little tipsy, but what I've heard is if you're not an orphan and you have lots of siblings and family members and friends, you can afford to. Well, I just think that I'm just speaking from my walk. Like, I have friends who are only children who are also like, you know, I'd rather be alone than deal with some shenanigans. Yeah, I agree. I have a lot of friends who are like, I'd rather be alone than. And there's something to that, too. And I think that sometimes, I don't know if it's society or male podcasters or whoever are trying to scare women into being like, well, you're going to be alone. And I'm like, that's bet for me. That's better than being with some dude who does not value me, who doesn't love me, who doesn't treat me like a queen, who doesn't make me happy. Like just a Girl, warm body there. Can like, I just tell you, you just said a word because the reason why I spent every Christmas feeling away about somebody's son was because I was <laughs> like, oh, but you know, the, the promise of him is better than being alone. Yeah. My first Christmas with no situationships. Yeah. I am stunned by how good this feels. See? I don't miss nobody. I don't even feel lonely because, like, all jokes aside, I was trolling earlier. <laughs> I do have a really good, like, group of friends and stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. There are so many people who are waiting to love up on me. I have not once felt lonely this entire holiday. Yeah. So to all you women out there, and men, because let's be honest, men be crying about stuff, too. They just pretend like they don't have feelings. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you think that you are better off tra- having a scrap of somebody than being alone, being alone is actually better. It's so much better. And I I had like uh, this guy tell me like, and cause he was saying like, oh, you know, when you turn 40, like men aren't going to want you anymore. And I'm like, spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but anyway, and I was like, I still have men who want me. And, mm-hmm. and he was like, well, you're not married. And I'm like, married, marriage for me. Who is this asshole? Who are you talking to? <laughs> Marriage for me has never been the goal. The goal is always to be happy and oh, being happy. You're a modern like, woman. I mean, I'm, <laughs> some some whole tap right now is like, oh, she's a modern woman. She's not. She's not trying to have a wife. She's not really. So you're not a queen. Oh my god. Yeah, I guess not. But <laughs> she's like, I don't care. <laughs> don't. I'm dating a, I'm dating a fine ass fifty year old martial artist. Uh-huh. Listen, like people's opinion of me is like really none of my business. I lo- by the way, I love that about you. Like it's just not. I really do love that about you. <laughs> so but, marriage is not on the list. Well, it's not that it's mandatory. Not, it's not on the list. It's just not. 
it's not a goal. Like it's just okay. it's a byproduct of a happy relationship. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's that's, that's really a word. Marriage should be a byproduct of a happy relationship. Yeah, and you want to build a, a life with that person. Yeah, like that's that's what it is. It's not a goal. Like I need to be married. Like anybody can be married. And that's another thing that men try to get you to try to be- make you believe. Like oh, no one's gonna want you if you're older. No one's gonna want you if you're big. No one's gonna want you if you're skinny. No one's gonna want you if your hair short. It's not true. Men like That's everything. Yeah, <laughs> they literally like everything. Y'all be surprised who's trying to. Let me shut up. <laughs> it's the kombucha. It's the kombucha. <laughs> There's some people who slid into my DMs, and I was like, Yo, if I was not Buddhist, <laughs> I could sell this to TMZ. But here's the thing that's interesting, though, is that, like, you're speaking about this life of feeling whole within yourself and having everybody else be almost like an enhancement but not completing you. Exactly. But then I think about Taraji. Mm -hmm. Taraji P. Henson, very much like Tracy Ellis Ross, is gorgeous, successful, 50, and single. Yeah. She recently did a really amazing uh, interview with Angie Martinez, who's a legend, right? Yeah. All these great topics came up in the conversation. And yet, when I went on Twitter, there was a whole thread of men and pick <laughs> who were talking about, and this is why she's going to die alone. She was talking about how, how good she felt, how yeah. healthy her life was, how clear she was, how connected she felt to God. Yeah. And all they got was, but you ain't got a man, though. Yeah. And I was like, wait, she's probably the happiest and the healthiest that I've ever seen her. And I thought about it because, slight flex, when I was trying to work out, me and Taraji had the same... Um, uh, Trainer. Mm-hmm. This shows you that I had the resources, y'all. I'm just lazy. <laughs> so me and Taraji had the same trainer, and she was like, oh, Taraji's so lovely. She's so lovely. And then shortly afterwards, Taraji ended her uh, engagement. Yeah. And the word on the street was, not to be messy, was that she ended it because he didn't want to go therapy. Oh. She's like, I'm successful. I'm rich. I'm self-actualized. Yeah. If I'm going to be married this late in life, I want to know that you and I can go to therapy and, and communicate. Yeah. He's like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. And they broke up. Oof. So my thing is, what about people who think... It's bullshit that if you're a woman who's over 40 and not married, you can say you're as rich and successful as you want. But if you don't have uh, uh, kids and a husband, it's all cap. What do you say to them? Because there's a lot of them out there who think what you're saying right now is not true. I would say that that is also none of my business. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) I love you so goddamn much. Where were you in my mid-30s? <laughs> I, I needed a friend like this because I had so many friends, especially once I hit 30, who were like, oh, girl, we got to get chosen before our eggs dry up. Yeah. I was like, eggs? Really? What is the supermarket? Right. <laughs> do you want children if it if it does come up or do you do you not want kids? I don't. I'm really, I'm leaning towards no, but I, I, I mean, nothing is really off the table, but I'm, that. I'm, I'm just kind of like, kids are a lot. Like, I was around my nieces and nephews over the holidays, and I was like, Jesus Christ. I'm going to be honest with you. I West Indians, because you guys know I'm Haitian and Cuban, and, and people in Latin America, you, the minute you hit nine, you're somebody's auntie. <laughs> yeah. I had my my, fir- my first godchild just turned 31. <laughs> I'm, like, How I'm like, this is my godson. I'm like, that's a grown-ass man. Grown, I, always, man. I thought that was your boyfriend. Like, this is my godson. Yeah. So in the West Indies, and immigrant families in general, Whoever's around is going to have to be auntie fake mom. Right, of course. Because I raised all of my baby cousins. And I actually moved away from home when I was 21 because my uncles apparently did not know how to use condoms. <laughs> and there was one year where they popped out with two kids a month apart. 
Oof. I had two brand new cousins pop up. Like one was in September. I love them now. They're my like two of my favorite cousins. I love y'all. Uh, shout out to y'all. <laughs> we hang out all the time now. But like one was born in like November, the other one was born in December. And I was like, now y'all are doubling up on the babies for me to raise. <laughs> I'm out of here. Fuck this. I'm moving to New York. I'm out. Cause I, I didn't want to be like a like a, a wet nurse, right? Yeah, so yeah. I wanted to be independent. But the thing about that is I spend so much time being a nurturer. Yeah. That I feel like whatever maternal instinct I have, I did have an opportunity to like play that out. And kids are fucking exhausting they are and my friends who have kids their kids are so cute and i love them but no part of me is like oh man i want to be there to make sure that she's not suicidal when she has 15 or i want to be there to make sure that you know i'm there to make sure that whoever he dates is not going to be trying to get pregnant like all those th thoughts that my friends are having with their teen kids now i don't envy any of that exactly and looking at euphoria i'm like oh my god euphoria scared the bejesus out of me right. i don't have kids <laughs> yes my friends uh, the muses who were here for the valentine's episode last year they said they watch it with their children really that's wild to me. Whew. I think Euphoria broke a record for like the most penises in a non-porn uh, screen. I'm glad because they show titties all the time. No, but it was like 30 dicks, girl. I love dick. I, I don't think I need to see 30 dicks in the screen. I'm gonna be, <laughs> like it was like they broke a record. That's when hilarious. you have that many phallic symbols that you're breaking records, <laughs> how did we get on dick? You see that? We were talking about being a single. This is what happens to women. We were just talking about being single and happy on your own, and somehow the and conversation somehow came right back to what, the conversation. Obviously, you can swear on this on this podcast. We just said <laughs> dick like 18 times. Now we know the word relationship, which you are currently in. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's crazy. We know the word situationship. Mm -hmm. I've learned a new word that I've now become obsessed with. Okay. Imaginationship. Ooh. <laughs> For the delusional girls out there <laughs> who think you have a man, but he not claiming you. You are in an imaginationship. Oh, no. And then I was like, oh, wait, did I just drag myself? <laughs> it's like one of those friendly fire situations. You're like, wait, that, that hit a little too close to home. Speaking of imaginationships, we love a good segue. There was a young lady who recently over the, the holiday break went viral because she claimed that Drake flew her out and wanted to have sex with her without a condom, allegedly. And that when she was like trying to take a picture of him, of them together, he freaked out and kicked her out. Okay. It went viral. And she was like, I signed an NDA, but what I'm saying wasn't covered by the NDA. Doesn't sound like Drake has good lawyers. Which is, I know several people who have dated Drake. That doesn't sound like he has good lawyers then. And what was interesting to me was he came out and he responded and said, I never flew her out. I don't know who this person is. He was claiming it was an imagination ship. But then one of my homegirls said, Blue, that's the exact kind of girl, though, that you fly out. <laughs> no, think about it. How brilliant is this? You fly out the girl that nobody would really believe if she ever said that, that you messed with her. Yeah. And that actually struck a nerve with me because there have been so many people who try to holler at me in the low. Yeah. And then if I even mentioned that we're cool or messing around, no, no, like that, we're just chilling. And I'm just like, interesting. <laughs> so what do you, and I've had so many friends tell me it happens for various reasons. Sometimes it happens because they want to date a girl who looks a certain way. Sometimes it happens because you are considered uh, boisterous and they don't want people to know that you're their type. Okay. Sometimes it happens because of race. Like, you, you know, there's a whole epidemic now, according to social media, because social media be lying, that <laughs> black men apparently don't date black women, even though statistically that's not true. Yeah. So there's all these reasons why men hide women. It's not just because of the optics or the obvious. Yeah. Have you ever been in a situation with someone who did not properly claim you? And how did your ego respond to that? Well, that was the time where I told you about the guy. Oh, my man. Is, no, is it too soon? No, girl. That happened when I was in high school. Oh, okay. Well, maybe you're only 17, so I just wanted to, <laughs> you know. Carefully. Black don't crack, y'all. So how did that feel being somebody's uh, imagination ship? 
Um, it felt uh garbage. <laughs> <laughs> like, girl, did not feel good. Yeah, it was terrible. That's why I was like, I can't do this. I can't. I'm I'm not built for it. Have you ever dated somebody or slept with somebody that you wouldn't want to admit in public? I'm sure. But I <laughs> <laughs> Probably wait, wait. blocked it from my memory. <laughs> do you remember the names of everybody that you slept with? Uh, yeah. You do? Mm-hmm. Is that weird that I can't say the same? No, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I was talking to somebody recently about the concept of, like, bodies. Yeah. And I was like, and this is not me being off, but I'm shocked that people count past, like, the age of 22. <laughs> if somebody put a gun to my head and said, how many people you slept with? I'm like, oh, I guess that's how, I, how it ends. <laughs> like, I've never thought past drinking age to count. Do you count? This is not judging. I just want to know if I'm weird. No. At what age do you stop counting how many bodies you have? I stopped counting after two, honestly. Wait, Lutasha. Hotels, a new episode of uh, Humanize, <laughs> where we demystify uh, sexually liberated women who don't give a fuck about anything. Lutasha, this is amazing. You stop counting like immediately. Yeah. I had this thing where I was doing fractions. That's when I, my friend was like, you need to stop counting. <laughs> I was like, fractions. <laughs> I was raising the church, girl, okay? <laughs> I told myself, I'm not going to ever have double digits of people that I sleep with. Okay. And I was raising... Don't do that. Nah, okay, that sounds nice. <laughs> and I was raising the church, and I was engaged twice yes. as a good church girl before okay. I was 22. Yeah, that's great. But you guys know I'm a little psychic. I had prophetic dreams about both of my divorces. Mm. I'm 100% clear I would have divorced both of them. Yeah. And so once I was like, well, you know, I don't want to get married. I'm too young. I'm going to have a whole phase. Okay. I got to eight. I was like, oh, man. I said, I don't want to hit double digits. And the way numbers work, I only got one. <laughs> the way numbers Just math. It, was, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't sex shaming. It was just math. The way math, like, math, the way math works. If I'm at eight, mm-hmm. I got one more person. So I started doing fractions. Okay. If it was good, it was like a half. And my friend was like, girl, you are at eight and 17, <laughs> 19th. And that is not a real number. 17, 19th. Girl, I was doing fractions for about three years. And my friend was like, girl, just stop. I'm going to pray for you. (laughs) Somebody needs to pray for me. So I was like, okay, I need to stop counting. But I think that not knowing, is it irresponsible not to know your body count? Or is it just like the way of the world now? Because I've had some friends who were like, Blue, you don't think that's horrible that you don't know how many bodies you have? And I was like, but I have integrity. Like, I'm a good person. I pay my taxes. Like, why do I need to know? I don't like why do you need to? I don't understand the logic behind it. I think the logic is for purity culture. Mm. Because men want to feel like they know how pure or run through their girl is, even though they're actually the whore in their relationship sometimes. Most of the time. But they're also women too. It's not a man thing only. There's a lot of women I, who. Absolutely. I completely agree. Have you ever wanted to be pure, Lulu? I think when I was like 12. Wait, 12? Okay, you are a different kind of child. (laughs) I've come on this show several times and said that I'm a different kind of woman. You're different, different. I mean, I think that it just wasn't. You grew up with men. That's what it is. You had brothers. No, but I I really, I really feel like, no, I really feel like it was my mother because my mom is like, you decide what you want to do. Like you're making decisions based on yourself. I remember when I was going to college, she told me, she was like, whether you make decisions that are good or whether they're bad, as long as they're yours. Oh, wow. That's very, like, evolved and progressive. Then that, that's really all that matters. So it's just I like... I love Lulu's mom. <laughs> oh. So, um, yeah. So she was just always kind of like, you know, 
just wanted me to feel empowered with like you get to you, especially like as women, like you're you're supposed to be the one who able to decide. Like men are just trying to scramble around and get sex wherever they can. Like I can true. I can make a decision. This is very so true. if I decide to make that decision, and sometimes you'd be like, fuck, why did I do that? But sometimes you just make decisions based on the information that you had at the time. Yeah. So you can't even really like regret it and like cry over spilled milk. It was like, okay, I was stupid because I didn't have this information that I have now. So based on all that, like I try not to regret like most of my decisions, even like, you know, with dudes I've dated. Do you have any regrets though? I'm sure. I think the only regret I've ever had, like I don't believe in regrets, but if I had a romantic regret, it'd be the amount of time I wasted on things that were obvious from the beginning. Because mm. I'm the kind of person who like, I really love investing in people. Yeah. And I think I've somehow used past tense. I don't do this anymore. I'm tired, y'all. They want me out. <laughs> When I think 2022 beat the last bit of <laughs> let me tap into your potential. Like when I tell you the only thing potential can get me is nothing. Actually, I, I do not believe in potential anymore. I believe in, in actions and patterns. Yeah. And no matter how much potential somebody has, they're not going to change for you. They're going to change for themselves. Mm -hmm. But I think if I did have a romantic regret, it'd be how much I banked on potential that never showed up. I, I, I wasted, I don't want to use the word wasted, but I invested years and years in things that were obvious pretty early. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I could probably say the same thing, but uh, like I feel most of my relationships, they I learn so much about myself and like what I want and what I don't want and the things I need. And sometimes things you don't even know that you need. What is one of the things that you found out that you need that you didn't know that you needed? I, I found out that I need to be with a confident man. Oh, let's sit with that for a second. <laughs> I need all 17 confident men who listen to the show. <laughs> To know that we appreciate you. We appreciate you. <laughs> Whoever you are, and if you have cousins, <laughs> please tell them to find me at, at @bluecentric <laughs> on Instagram, <laughs> uh, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm not kidding, girl. Uh, but, but hit it. So you recognize that now in retrospect, but in the moment, did you feel like that, or were you beating yourself up about it? Um, I was beating myself up because, like, I'm 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 an empath, and so a you lot are. of times I try to uh, what I've learned through therapy. <laughs> shout out to therapy <laughs> that sometimes I will intellectualize myself out of my own feelings ooh this, that was friendly fire girl I was asking about you how are I getting this <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, go ahead and what else do we do right. <laughs> so I intellectualize myself out of my feelings so there are times when I, I feel a way but I'm like oh well he he didn't mean it that way and this and that. And it's just like, no, you still didn't like it. And like my therapist told me, she finally told me, because I do, I've, I've dated like a lot of really amazing men, like super sweet guys, mm -hmm. very honest, amazing guys. And she was like, just because you're not chained to a radiator in the basement doesn't mean that it's a good relationship. Oh... So she said that bar is on the ground. That thing low. <laughs> <laughs> the bar is under the bed. That's true. It's, it's almost true. like if it's not abusive, then I might as well stay. Yeah. Unhealthy comes. This is one of the things I actually teach in class. And this is what's so funny, right? I try to humanize the show by saying, I am a coach. I have all these clients that have helped get married. Oh, it's the irony. <laughs> The irony, because Cupid's arrow only goes outward. And one of the things that I've been preaching that I'm learning to like pay, listen to what I say is that like you cannot force somebody to be something that they don't want to be for themselves. And if you do, they're going to resent you for it. Yeah. And so a lot of times we'll try to change somebody because we want them to be this picture of what we want. And don't ever ask if they want that. Or we say to ourselves, well, if it's not abusive, then at least it's, it's it, I can stay. Yeah. There's healthy, unhealthy, and abusive. Mm -hmm. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mm-hmm. Unhealthy is a good enough reason to stop. Yeah. You don't have to get too abusive. But, so- but sometimes, like, it's not even so much that it's unhealthy. It just doesn't work for you. Yeah. Like, period. Like, that that doesn't mean that, you know, it, it's even, it's not even unhealthy. It's just like, it's just like if you date somebody who they want to get up and run every day and you don't like to run. And this is, they, think, they need I, you I, with you. I think dating somebody that you don't like is unhealthy. <laughs> No, well, not that you don't like, but I'm just saying, like, if you have things that are, like, separate interests. That are or incompatible. That are incompatible yeah, and things absolutely. like that. And just, like, certain lifestyles or, you know, certain beliefs or things like that. Like, it it doesn't mean it's unhealthy. You guys just aren't compatible. And that's okay, too. And I yeah. think that that's something that I had to realize with myself. Like, you know, you know why I think the word unhealthy popped up? Because it's not unhealthy there. Mm-hmm. It becomes unhealthy for me when you stick around and quietly judge someone. Okay. Or they, judge yourself. Or judge yourself, right? Yeah. Because I've had a, a lot of relationships where people were like, oh, we can agree to disagree. I hate that term, by the way. <laughs> Don't, do not walk into the conversation already assuming I'm going to disagree with you. I'm trying to learn from you. Mm-hmm. Let's never agree to disagree. Let's all both be open and learning from each other. So because there's a, a combativeness to agree to disagree that, that immediately makes me like, yeah, we can tap out. Because now you, you, you're acting like you're trying to downplay an argument that I'm not trying to have with you. Yeah. But I've been in relationships where... I thought we had different interests, different whatevers, and I thought it was going fine because we were living and let, living and let live. Yeah. Later found out they were qu- quietly judging me. Mm. And I recognize that when you're with someone who's pretending to be okay with something, but they're quietly talking shit about you in their mind, <laughs> that feels unsafe to me. And yeah. so one of my things is if I'm dating somebody and I feel too comfortable talking ill of them, we shouldn't date. Yeah. Because I've had so many friends, particularly guy friends, who will just rag on their girlfriends. I hate that too. Yeah, and really she's do. this and I can't believe I'm like, you gonna kiss her with that mouth when you leave my house? Yeah. Like, if you can talk big shit about your girl. I had one friend who's no longer a friend who spent an entire day, we spent the day together, <laughs> Talking about what a piece of crap his girlfriend was the entire effing day. And then a week later, they were on a vacation. And my heart ached for her. Like, the way you talk about somebody when they're not around matters. It does. What is a deal breaker? For me, that's a deal breaker. If you talk shit about me when I'm not around and you say you love me, you you ain't got to worry about me anymore. Yeah, unless it's like my brother. (laughs) That makes sense. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah. But in a romantic relationship, what is a deal breaker that makes you go, oh, yeah, I love you. It sucks that I have to go. It's above me now. Um, I definitely agree with the the shit talking thing, Ugh. and also like somebody who um who like can't get outside of themselves and see another perspective. Yeah, because I think compromise is a is a really big thing in relationships, and you're coming from like two different types of life, like your parents, the, the way you were raised, like your education, all that kind of stuff is very different. So if you are getting into a discussion or an argument or a disagreement, and you can just be like, okay, I can understand your perspective, even if I don't agree. Mm-hmm. But if you're just open, like exactly. open minded to like a different perspective, because you love me, you're gonna make an effort to at least understand where I'm coming from. So like empathy and compassion. Yeah. Yeah, because I've actually been in several... Oh, God, you're making me realize I might have never been in a healthy relationship. Um, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. do I? Because most of the relationships that I've been in, 
I always wait until the first disagreement to yeah. see how safe I am. Okay. Because safety doesn't come when things are go- going well. Well, how do you gauge that? It per- oh, I love that you asked that question. Look at you <laughs> podcasting me back. <laughs> well, the way that I get if I'm safe or not is, am I allowed to reasonably disagree without you feeling the need to silence me or diminish me to make a point? Okay. So if we can have a conversation and both points are equally considered reasonable and we can talk through it, and you put my heart above your ego, yeah. then I feel like I'm safe. Okay. But if you go out of your way by any means necessary to squash me so you can win the argument, mm-hmm. at that point, this is not two allies who are working against a, a miscommunication. This is friendly fire. Yeah. Like, you're my adversary. The minute I feel like it's me versus you, I'm out. Because that's not safe anymore. That's because adversaries, adversaries are meant to be squ- squashed. They're meant to be diminished. They're meant to be won over. And if you win, that means I have to lose. Why does somebody have to lose yeah. in a relationship? I completely agree. I just described every man I've dated in the past <laughs> like, five years. But you that you go through that so you can you understand that now. Sometimes yeah. you have to actually go through it. Some people can't just hear about it. They really have to experience it. You have to put your hand on the hot thing and burn your hand before For 10 you years like, straight. Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I have no hands, guys. I'm just fingertips at this point. <laughs> and you know what's so funny? We're talking about relationships, and, and I'm talking about charming men who— when things hit a rough patch, suddenly the, the mask falls off. You're like, oh, wow, you have no compassion. You're just really charming. This makes me think of Diddy and Carisha. <laughs> I'm going to choose my words carefully because I'm not stupid. <laughs> um, Diddy had a baby and Carisha seems like she's fine. Like she's not tripping. Right. And yet when she did an interview with G Herbo, was that, that man's right name right? I'm not sure. G Herbo from Chicago, no disrespect, we're just aunties. It's not that we don't think you're talented, we just are not hip. Yes. G Herbo went on her show and Diddy posted a video of him playing like he was jealous of her flirting with a man on her podcast right on the heels of him having a baby with another woman. Yeah. My question is, even though he was probably playing, and I actually think that their relationship probably is healthier than we think, because I think whatever they're doing, they're mutually agreeing to it. Yeah. She's getting the bag. She has a really successful podcast that has, like, millions of followers. Shout out to all my friends at Revolt who work on that show that's doing really well. So, like, they seem like they have a mutually beneficial relationship. But in real life, when you're not talking about millionaires and billionaires. Yes. A lot of times you're in relationships where your partner does all this stuff and you show grace. But if you do anything that's even a semblance of that, they kirk the fuck out. Yes. Have you ever been the hypocrite in a relationship that you can self-identify? Because when I talk about hypocrisy, everybody thinks about who was a hypocrite to them. We rarely think about moments where we're being a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been a hypocrite in a relationship? Yes. Okay. Lulu, what was your moment? And the reason why I'm doing this, guys, is because even though we make jokes about men and women. As two emotionally intelligent women who are over the age of 30, I know it's hard to believe. I like to think that love is is gender neutral. Yes. And a lot of times when you watch podcasts, they intentionally do gender wars for clickbait. Of course. And there's this narrative that, like, men are all misogynist and women are allergic to accountability. <laughs> I think that applies to everybody. I think everybody's I really, full of shit. Yeah, everyone I think is everybody's full of, shit. full of shit, right? And so to dispel the myth in 2023 that women are allergic to accountability— I'm going to be asking my women friends to take accountability for things that we usually talk about men for. So that's why I asked this question, because I feel like you're one of the friends who's honest enough to give me a real answer and not a cookie cutter made for TV answer. Hit it. No judgment. <laughs> you're, you're safe here. So the time I was a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like I'm really kind of thinking about 
one time that I uh, gaslit this guy. Oh, wow. She's admitting to hypocrisy and gaslighting, okay? <laughs> Where else do you get women doing this, okay? <laughs> get it. I love this for us. <laughs> I love you as a guest. This is so fun. I hope he's not watching. <laughs> oh, she's like, I hope he's not watching. I'm going to just drink uh, the rest of my kombucha while I you're freaking out. I'm like, oh, bartender. Girl, oh, girl, there's a hole with the bottle. Okay. I, I, I knew you, you could have a bigger appetite than me. <laughs> Hit it. So, girl, tell me. And, and if he's watching, uh, she's grown since I then. Have, and, I have. And she got a new man. Hit it. All right, I'm so, so what, super sorry. What was the moment? Um, okay. So, I was, I was out at um, a concert. And Ooh. he wasn't my boyfriend per se, but we kind of had like a a non-spoken rule, like we're kind of was it an imagination ship? I it was not an imagination ship. <laughs> it was like a situation ship. It was a situation ship. It was okay. a situation ship. And so we were out, and um, another guy that I I wasn't dating, but Lulu, you talk like a fuckboy right now. The amount of shoulder shrugs and disclaimers is giving fuckboy. <laughs> I love you so much, girl. <laughs> but you know I can't lie. Okay. So uh, there was this guy that I was kind of messing with and this other guy who I was sniffing around. Uh-huh. So the the sniff around guy came up to me and he was just like, he didn't know about the situation shift. So he was just like, hey, da-da-da. Uh-huh. Talking to me. Like, puts his arm around me. <gasps> and... um he like just lingered and he was just like chit-chatting because he thought that y'all were kicking it yes and so i was like oh, okay and i actually introduced him to the other guy and wait 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 toxic moment okay toxic alert <laughs> i'm gonna ask to see if i can get the producer to put it like a big red light um <laughs> i thought we were gonna have a moment of accountability it went really left so you introduced both of your side pieces to each other i did mm-hmm. continue nick canning what else happened <laughs> Well, the other guy, I wasn't really dating him at all, but he Girl, was like... Girl, the technicalities. It's definitely, it's given technicality. Mm-hmm. But anyways, so I introduced them to each other. So when the the other guy left, the situation ship was like, yo, like, I feel like that was kind of messed up. And I was like, oh, I can't have friends? Like, <gasps> who talked to me? And... You used the I can't have friends line? Give me hugs? I was like, you, the whole time we've been here, you've seen people you know, and you've hugged them, and you've talked to them, and now, like, I hug one person, and, and you're, this is an issue. <sighs> the nerve. Lulu, you gaslit that poor man. I did. You're toxic. Back then. Back then. Long, 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 long time ago. Oh, my... Long, I feel like that's a Girl Scout. <laughs> <laughs> Have I ever... Oh, crap. Okay, so here's the thing. I have been living clean and righteous and sacred since my 30s. <laughs> but blue in my 20s? <laughs> she need to go to jail. <laughs> um, if I was to share the time that I was a hypocrite, oh, man, I don't know if I should tell this story because this person might be watching. I bared my soul. You got to now. You bare your soul? You Okay, Drake. Because you sound like you were just like, yeah, you know, one of my pieces came and my other piece was like, what's up? Um, I went through, I don't want to say it's a phase because that's diminishing. Technically, I'm pansexual, but right now I date mostly men, so please do not. I love y'all. Shout out to the the Rainbow family, but I'm my, my days have passed. And honestly, the reason is not because of the sexuality, it's because dating women is annoying. Mm, I, think I see that. I think that's why I have so many male friends. I think being a pansexual woman showed me why I don't. I do not condone misogyny at all. But as somebody who in my twenties dated women, I understand a lot of the things. That you would not understand unless you dated a woman. It's it's not fun. Yeah. Um. But I, and this is not to be against you know. Shout out to all the the LGBT folks who watch the show. It's just not my ministry. Okay. I'm not built for it. And I remember I was talking to this girl at the time, and I had a fiance, a male fiance. 
I was messy, y'all. <laughs> I was engaged, but I knew I was going to break up with the guy I was engaged with. Yes. And I was like, I wonder if I'm a little bi. Because back then, being bi-curious was like in. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is a girl who likes me. I'm going to just talk to her because it's good for my ego and I'm about to break up with my fiance. I know, messy, messy boots. Listen, I broke up with my fiance. I've never said this on the camera. He was at a funeral. And I said, I called, I broke up on the phone with him Ooh. while he was visiting family. Because <laughs> I didn't want to do it face to face. Y'all, I was 22. My Ooh. frontal lobe was still chewy, y'all. Okay. <laughs> this is not the woman that you see in front of you. And so, God, you I was have so evolved since then. I've, I've, literally, I'm like twice the age. <laughs> so, not twice. That's that's the wrong math. I am not 44, y'all. <laughs> um, so, I was, you know, like, I broke up with him on the phone. His exact words, I can't believe you're breaking up with me on the phone while at my cousin's funeral it, it was trash I was absolute trash back then and then immediately I hit up the girl like hey you said that you were trying to holler like let's let's see whatever we hang out and immediately I realized that I'm not interested <laughs> I friend zoned her right but she really liked me yeah so whenever I felt like a person I was dating had broken my heart or I was going through something I would call her oh. and, because I knew that she was like in love with me and I could just feel good about myself yeah this went on for about five years. <laughs> Guys, okay, let me explain something to you. Buddha, Buddha had a past, okay? We all have past. This was five years. You don't talk about me. I'm not done. This is not the part of the toxic part yet. <laughs> we haven't even gotten there this is not yet. The toxic part. This is context. Oh, oh man, God. this is bad. She's going to watch this because she'd be liking my pose. It's been like 15 years and she's still be liking my pose. Girl, I hope you blessed and moved on. <laughs> I hope you found your person. I hope you and your Ellen DeGeneres are in a house in the, in the hills somewhere. Ooh. So, five years of this, and I always knew no matter what I was going through, call her and I would feel like the Queen of Sheba because she was like, Blue's amazing. Yeah. One day I call. And she said, I almost said this bitch, Bruno Mars' voice, this bitch, <laughs> this bitch says to me, oh, I'm in a relationship, so we can't be friends anymore. Ooh. Now, this is me being an asshole. Still in my 20s. I said, you in a what now? She said, I'm in a relationship. I said, with who? She's like, don't worry about it. I'm in a relationship. So I, I went to Facebook. <laughs> in my private eye. <laughs> I want to know who this, who this hoe is fucking up my supply. My, my, my narcissistic supply, I needed to make sure that I was like hedging my bets. Yes. Find out who she's dating. I was like, oh, honey. <laughs> this is going to be easy. Light work. So I started just calling her to say like, how you doing? I just want to check on you. Mm -hmm. Pretending. Mm -hmm. And then one day I was like, I think you should break up with your girlfriend. She was like, what? I was like, I just feel like if there was ever a chance with us, we would never find out if you still had a girlfriend. So I think you should break up with her. Wow. And she broke up with her. <gasps> and the girl found, found out and called me and cussed me out, called me a homewrecker. Because apparently they had moved in together. Um, and she still broke up with her? Yeah. That's, I, just, I, wanted to make sure, I wanted to see if I still had the pull to do that. I did. Wow. They broke up. And then I said, I really don't see us being anything more than friends. Wow. Uh, that is toxic. That's way worse than me. It's probably the most toxic. Wait a minute. What happened <laughs> to judgment-free zone? <laughs> the reason why I understand. Mm. Oh God, this is why I have so many male friends. The reason why I understand so many men that I'm friends with, it's not because I'm a pick me or I'm an apologist. It's because I know what it's like to be in a mindset where you're completely cut off from like, Emo like intimacy and you just want to feel good about yourself yeah and a lot of men are socialized to be like that they are in mm -hmm. in, in my 20s i was acting like my daddy 
Because, you know, we watch our parents and we mimic them. Yeah. I was like, my mom was a tender-hearted one with the big heart who's always crying in the back in the room. Yeah. My daddy a hoe, but he out here living his life. Cat daddy, what's up? Right. <laughs> so I thought that after my engagement broke, I was going to be like the person in my family who was actually looked like he was happy. Yeah. I quickly realized how much I broke her heart. It broke my heart to see how much damage I caused. Yeah. And I did all that just because to see, I wanted to see if I could. Now... The evolved version of me is that was trash of me, mm-hmm. but also that was trash. Of, she still had choices. She definitely had choices. And if her relationship was where it needed to be, I don't think me saying, y'all, we need to break apart. Like, we had never even had sex. I don't think me just popping some game, even I'm not that damn charming. <laughs> right? So I do give myself a little bit of grace that she was kind of trash for listening, yeah. but I was trash for initiating it. Absolutely. I do think that karma is real. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that situation has come back and bit me in the ass tenfold. <laughs> How so, Bloom? There were several situations where someone I could tell somebody was doing it to me. Oh, dang. like I was their ego stroke. Mm. In the same way that I did to her, I almost said her name. Fuck, I'm not doing that. <laughs> in the same way that me and this young lady were in a a friendship, we never even kissed. Like, yeah. I just liked knowing that somebody in the world, aside from my mama, yeah, thought that I was the most amazing person in the world. Yeah, and I was just so used to being able to go to her for that that I never thought you're breaking up somebody's relationship. You're hurt. You're breaking someone's heart. Like to me, she was just a supply for me. Yeah, I've I've now not dated. That's not the right word. I've now had weird friendships with people and myself now I was like oh shit you're doing me what I did to so and so it's like the art of seduction yeah and I had read that book too Robert Greene you were the devil <laughs> I had read that book and I think a part of me was like oh let me just test it out it shit works it, it absolutely works I used to do it all the time too being aloof makes people want you more but it only works with unhealed people because mm. now that I'm healed none of that shit would work on me anymore yeah God, we just got real toxic. The kombucha <laughs> made me overshare. Everybody who respects me, all my life coaching clients are like, you did what? I'm like, wow, girl. <laughs> no, it was it was five years. Oof. And the, the funny thing is, right afterwards, the next person that I fell in love with is the person who did it to me. Dang. And their birthdays were only three days apart. Really? So it was almost like a mirror image of what I did to her was a mirror image of what happened happened with the very next person that I fell for. That's interesting. What were their signs? Libra. Mm. Child's always a goddamn Libra. That's another thing. I don't. I don't want to say this out loud. Like I'm never gonna date a Libra again because watch me end up getting. Yeah, because it will definitely happen. Yeah, that's how that works. But I think the things I like about Libras are Libras are charming, and they can present as emotionally vulnerable. Okay. Like, you know how when you listen to some fuckboy music, like, they know how to present like they're emotionally available? Like, if you listen to, like, a 21 Savage and Drake track or whatever, <laughs> they're trying to be introspective and stuff, but, yeah. like, you can tell they're being fuckboys. Right. Mm-hmm. I fall for that. Mm-hmm. I think my type in the past, past tense, was people who were charming and had that masculine edge, but who still had the kind of softness that we associate with femininity. Okay. Yeah, that shit is not... That's so the, what's your type now? That's an excellent question. I was in Jamaica and some man was chatting me up and he said, what's your type? And I was like, I actually don't know. He said, what? Jamaican <laughs> men do not like ambiguity. He's like, right. he started yelling at me. I was like, no, my type has been trash and hasn't worked for me. I actually think I'm for the first time ever, I'm starting from scratch. Okay. So I do not want somebody who's charming and everybody, like, I'm, not, I'm not trying to do shine anymore. I think I want someone who um, their eyes light up when I walk in the room. 
Maya Angelou once said that children know that they are loved, not from what you do, not even what you say. They watch how your eyes light up when they walk into the room. A child can tell if you're happy to see them. Yeah. And it immediately subconsciously tells them if they are safe or not. Yeah. And I realized that I have friends who do that. There are certain friends when I see them, they light up and I'm like, I don't know why, but I really like Lulu. It's like, because <laughs> <laughs> she always laughs at your jokes. Yeah, people light up. It really does something for you. Yeah. And, I, and I've had so many people in my life who, romantically, I don't think I've ever thought to look for that. Yeah. So somebody whose eyes light up when I walk in the room. Also someone who can be kind to me even when they don't agree with me. Okay. Yeah. What's on your list? Well, I mean, you already have your person, but <laughs> what was on the list of what you currently realized that you wanted that you might have put on the list before you met him? Um, I think that the the confidence was was a huge thing. And I need somebody who's very patient. Cause if you wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. Lulu, why do you need a let's unpack that? Why do you need a patient man, Lulu? Because I'm kinda all over the place. And well, let's just identify that. Yeah, I'm I'm very all over the place and I think that Worrying about like how I've said, you know, what people think about me is none of my business. Sometimes like it's been hard for me to transition to being in a relationship and caring about what they think and how they feel. Oh, that part. So like that yeah. has been a transition for me, like, you know, to just be perfectly honest. And um, so, yeah, like somebody who's patient and like um, empathetic, like and who knows that my heart is in the right place and that that's a big one somebody who yeah. trusts your heart is a yeah. huge one yeah like and i don't have malicious intent like even if i do something that you do not like or is probably wrong or anything like that but you know that i i do care about you and i love you and you trust that as well that actually probably might be the biggest criteria in any relationship not just romantic yeah there have been so many times where i've shown grace and been there for people and the first time there's a misunderstanding they assume i'm an asshole yeah and i was like but i've never shown up as an asshole why was your first assumption that i was a dickhead yeah like there was a room i was in it somebody was like if you must assume assume good intent yeah and i think that that's and also i feel like you you do that for yourself too yeah. like so you're you're also light like what what are the the seven agreements and it's like don't take things personally I all think, the four agreements four, is, I, four, I, I four, love yes. that book and it's just like one not taking things personally like you you do that for yourself too rather than yeah. being like oh well why are they doing a lot of times people are really just worried about themselves like most of the time like you'd be surprised how little people th i think it would freak everybody out if they realized how much people are not thinking about them as much as they think yes like <laughs> unless you have a stalker that's different <laughs> but unless you have like an actual stalker or an arch nemesis like a disney villain right like most people are actually thinking about how things impact them yes we're, we're selfish creatures by nature yeah and so i think that um and, and like you said with friends like that's important too because i've had friends who and again like i'm I my memory is terrible. I am not paying attention a lot of the time. So <laughs> I love that you that you're really owning your shit. That's what one of my favorite things about you, Lulu. You have no pretension. Like yeah, this is me. Uh, I'm just doing the best I can. I know. <laughs> it's so pure, friend. I love that about you. I just be doing my best. <laughs> and so, like I've had friends who've been like, "Oh, well, why did you think about da 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 da?" And I was like, "Girl, I was just trying to figure out. Did I leave the stove on? Is there enough uh, sunflower seed butter in my refrigerator?" Yeah, you, you, you need a patient man. Yes. Like mm -hmm. so, I just I need somebody, and because he and I have been friends for so long, I think he knows oh, that. Oh, he about saw me. all of that already, so he knew what he was walking into. He did know. Do that. you believe? 
that the whole being friends first thing works because for me when I've tried that it's just end up being fuck buddies like I'm so sorry I'm oversharing today like, like do you I think we both are what is in this kombucha what brand is this I got this from Postmates what do you get for ordering your groceries no like do you think that being friends works? Because for me, I think it sounds nice. Yeah. To use my friend Bridget's uh, term. Bridget's always like, sounds nice. Yeah. At my big age, <laughs> I don't need to be your friends for five years to forget. Like, look, do you like me? Let's go on a date. Who was that guy who just um, married a friend? He got divorced from his wife. It was Blair Underwood. Blair Underwood. Married his best friend of 41 years. Oh, my God. After being married for 27 years. After gaslighting his wife, probably. <laughs> I'm happy you brought that up because I really want to talk to somebody about that when it happened. <laughs> I'm on two minds. I was listening to one podcast. I like to listen to different podcasts. I want to make sure that I'm never in a silo yeah. with people who only agree with me. That's good because a lot of people do not do that. It's it's not it's not easy. Yeah. There be, be times I'm sitting there like bawling my fist like this motherfucker. What did he just say? Yeah. But I was listening to a, a very, very, very hyper male podcast. Uh-huh. And shout out to, again to the male podcasters who are not dickheads because you do exist and I want to admit that you guys exist. But I was I was listening to a hyper male podcast and they were like, yo, shorty waited her turn. We don't see a problem with that. You had this woman around your wife for 27 years while she was waiting her turn. You don't think that's disrespectful? Well, here's the thing. No part of me thinks that she just figured out she liked him after the divorce. Mm. As a woman... We, we be knowing, Lulu. Well, okay. But okay, so devil's advocate. Uh, go, does the devil always need an advocate? <laughs> Every <laughs> once in a while. Yes, you've had a friend for 17 years, but you I'm, weren't married and liking him. But go ahead. I feel like with with my um, current boyfriend, it's the same thing because everyone is like, come on. Like, you didn't. But he, he didn't. Let him tell it. He said that because he said that he tried to get at me when we first met. And, exactly. And I said, I'm good. And But he he said that he kind of like put those feelings down and he was but like, they were there. They were there. And one of y'all knew one of us knew. I'm sorry. You're just making my case. Blair Underwood and that trick. One of them knew. So you think that, so who do you think knew? Can I just tell you what, what, what my, what, and I don't know if I'm having a psychic download or if this is a Miss Cleo moment. <laughs> What I deeply, deeply believe happened. And if this ever comes out, I want y'all to come out and like give me my props. I think he thought, she was cute, but she wasn't acting enough like checking for him because Blair Underwood is fine as shit. Yeah. And he, people, and my problem is another thing too. I, I've been told that the men I date are too attractive. And that's why I have pretty boy problems. Okay. So he's The men you date are too attractive? I've had some people tell me that I need to start dating medium ugly guys. Okay. What? I don't know what a medium ugly is. Who's medium ugly? Um, Probably somebody like, I'm trying to think of like an actor. Um, well, we about to get in trouble, trouble. I know. Who's a medium ugly actor? I'm thinking like actors on the wire. <laughs> oh shit! Don't say Idris Elba. That is no, not medium not, ugly. Not Idris. I'm like, girl, your goggles are broken. That man not is poor and fine. You know what it is? The maybe reason- like, oh, the the dude, the the one who passed who was gay. Like maybe somebody like him. Oh, but his face is character. Sure. Oh wow. No, but I, rest I, in peace. I've dated. I've dated medium ugly. Men. I have not. I've never dated medium ugly anything. Here's the thing, though. This is my problem. I am so like naive and oblivious. Yeah. When I meet a really attractive person, mm-hmm. no part of me thinks I have a chance because I'm okay. not thinking like that. Right. And then, and so I humanize them. Plug. <laughs> and because people who are really attractive are not used to being around someone 
who doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. It naturally ends up being this thing of, oh, I can be myself around her without this being a thing. And then they end up falling for me because I'm so oblivious. Got it. So it's not that I have game, have no game. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the fact that I don't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so people who are super attractive like knowing, oh, she just sees me as a person. Okay. But then they end up being fuckboys who eventually are like, does she not know I'm fine though? Because at some point, I actually had a man show up to my house one time and I didn't realize he liked me until while he was leaving, he looked into the mirror and said, yeah, I'm still fine. Because he felt like I had not done enough to affirm that. I was like, oh, wow, I really do have a type. Assholes who really need Aww. to be affirmed. But my hypothesis, back to Blair Underwood and his uh, beloved, <laughs> I think because he's so attractive, whatever fever he needed, she didn't give it to him and they became friends. Yeah. And he had so many options, he didn't have to chase her. Right. And feelings developed and he always kind of knew that she had a, a crush on him and it stroked his ego, but he had no intention of being with anybody but his wife. I, I, I don't think he wanted to cheat on his wife. Yeah. I think he was like, oh, my homegirl, there's a little, a little sexual tension there, but I'm married. Yeah. And as soon as the relationship ended with his wife, he was like, oh, well... What's up now? You still here? <laughs> but I, I do think that he always knew that she had a feeling, mm-hmm. and he was and he was tickled by it. Okay. A lot of people, let's be honest, we like having people around us who like us, whether we like them back or not. You're in the story. Five years, I wasted this lady's time. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think he knew. But is it wrong if you were the wife? Would you be upset that the lady who came to dinner every Sunday ended up being your replacement? I I definitely would. Would you fight her? Nah. Would you? Would you? Uh, I was about to say something illegal. <laughs> I was about to say something illegal too. <laughs> right. Um, let's 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 cut this one. We're not gonna cut it. Right. Let's leave it in. It's fine. I, I do think that if somebody does hit her, though, I mean, I mean, I hope she can fight. Like, it's like that's my husband. Like I think that that twenty seven years. Yeah. Like because I I would feel like yo like how long is this you know like y'all been having a little yinging around the house and I've been trying to be cool about it because you claim this is your homegirl that's it and you want to trust the man that you love and the man that you're with you want to and you want him to be able to be friends with the people who he claims to be friends with and not put restrictions or, or guardrails around that and then you feel like damn like I was cool with this and the whole time the whole time you were but here's the thing though this brings me to my definition of cheating okay I have a very simple definition of cheating and I'm learning that it's actually pretty popular I thought I was special <laughs> what is your de- definition of cheating um, I think like anything that you wouldn't want your significant other to know about. Yeah, so apparently we all think the same thing. <laughs> My definition of cheating is if you wouldn't say it or do it in front of me, yeah, you know it's foul. Yeah. Like if you would feel a way that I was in the room, then we got a problem. I think based on that definition, he probably cheated emotionally. Mm. I think there was probably a shorthand and an intimacy that they had was was probably more intoxicating than sex. For, uh, yeah, absolutely. Because I'm sure he's tons of text. Like, but having somebody that you haven't slept with yet doing like verbal foreplay with you and having intimate inside jokes and being your bestie. Yeah. To me, that's more sexually arousing than going to the Motel 6. So do you think that men can, men and women can be really genuinely best friends? If one of them thinks they're ugly or is gay. Mm, damn. Like if somebody just does not make your dick jump uh, or your clitoris, I don't want to be sexist. <laughs> or one of you is just a homosexual and the other one's not. <laughs> Why do I always say homosexual? Homosexual. Uh, homosexual. Why do I say stackopus when I say that? Homosexual. <laughs> y'all, it's the kombucha. This tequila and it's kombucha, yo. What kind of fermented? What is kombucha, by oh, the way? I fermented something. Isn't that alcohol? <laughs> Child, we drink alcohol on an empty stomach. Help me. No, I really do think that, like, unless if if you are both each other's type, yeah, and find no. each other attractive. I do not think it's possible for n- neither of you to have a feeling. Well, what if one person is attracted? 
Then it, 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 it only takes one to compromise it. Okay. It takes two people to have sex, but it only takes one person for this to be a little bit more complicated in a friendship. Okay. Because if I like you and you don't and you don't like me, even if we never do anything, it's complicated now. Well, what if... Okay, so how about this? What if you have a friend, a male friend, and maybe one of you are attractive, but you, like, don't talk to him all the time? You know what I mean? Like, you you know you have male friends. That's like, layaway dick. Yeah, but I'm just saying, That's like... That's layaway dick. But are you supposed to, like, cut that friendship off? Like, even though you don't really see each other, like, maybe you see each other every, like, four years. I love that you asked this question because in my last relationship, this was a, a sticking point. Mm-hmm. When I'm dating someone seriously... Yeah. I don't have anybody around me who wants to fuck me. Okay. It's that simple. Because that means that you can't be all in to support the relationship because you already have a, a, a conflict of interest. Okay. So if I'm having a bad day and I vent to you, what's going to happen? You're going to have more salt. Everything you say is going to be in some way biased by the fact that you like me. Yeah. That's not a real friendship. A real friendship is if I get married tomorrow, would you be happy for me? Yeah. And if, well, I, if-, if you would feel away, that's not just a friendship. That's a, an asterisk. That's a complication. Hmm. Now I'm not saying you can't be friends with people who like you, mm-hmm. but once you're in a serious relationship, it feels inappropriate to me to have people around you that you know would want next if your if your your husband fucked up. Okay, you're saying with marriage or like with boyfriends? Too? Serious. Okay. Well, I think we're at the age now. Once you hit your 30s, you know if you're trying to do this long term or not with somebody. You're like, oh, he cute for now. Versus, oh, I can see myself getting property with him. And to me, marriage is I all. I don't about- even know if it. I don't know. Like. What? Like if you say 30, but I think that you still 30s. Yeah, 30s. But I feel like you need to see people like in different seasons and like all that kind of stuff. But you know what you don't like faster, though? Yeah, that's true. That is true. Things that took me three years in my 20s. Three weeks? Yeah. And not because I'm rushing, but because I'm like, oh, I've done this 17 times. Yeah. So yeah. You, I, can, you could recognize like the red flags. The like, last person who acted like this, I know exactly how it ended. I lost three years of my life. Let's skip that part. <laughs> so this brings me to a clip that I actually said to our producer. Sebastian, do you have the clip that I queued up? It's a video and I made it a point not to send it to you, Lulu, because I wanted to get your fresh take. Lord. A couple that had been together for I think 31 years was talking about the moment at the 20 year mark where they almost got divorced. Okay. Now can we hear it? Will they be will we be able to hear it too or How do you get to year 20 and want to call it quits? And that was initiated by you. It's interesting because in today's day and age, 80 to 85% of divorces are initiated by women. It's interesting that you wanted to do that 31 years ago so what did you face 31 years ago where you said i'm done she she faced my complacency mm-hmm. like this is cool i don't need to work anymore at loving her i don't want to work i don't need to work anymore at making her feel important i don't need to work anymore at making her feel respected i, I don't she she has desires and visions and dreams uh, but I don't have to be concerned about that because she's there every day. Mm. And so it reached the perfect storm. And when she finally said, I've had enough. See, people have to, you have to understand that we changed. And so she had studied in Europe, studied in in, Fran- in Paris, France. And, and so she's now, okay, I've been exposed to some things. And uh, I, got, I got some things I want to make happen. Oh, girl, don't worry about that. And kept on moving. And pretty soon it got to a place like, you're not hearing me. You're not paying any attention to me. Uh, and I'm unfulfilled. I'm unappreciated. Mm. I'm disrespected. So let me get out of this. And, and so that's what happens. Uh, it happens at different times in marriages. Yeah. That clip struck me because we talk big and bad, but 20 years yeah. 
is a long-term investment. Is. If you were in a relationship for 20 years and your partner was doing the things that he outlined, was complacent, like, I already got Lulu. I ain't got to do nothing to keep her. It's been 20 years. She ain't going nowhere. She old now. <laughs> do you think, be honest, that you would have the audacity, the courage, the whatever to walk away? Yes. Oh, wow. You didn't even hesitate. Yeah. And why do you think that? Because your parents have been together for a long time. Yeah, they've been together. Hold is my sister. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> a little bit of family tea out with my sister. How, how long have they been together? They've been together forty-three years. Yeah. Oh my heavens! Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's more than the marriages of my entire family combined. <laughs> oh my god! I come from a broken home, y'all. Okay, send me love. All right, forty-three years. 43 oh my years. god! Okay, yeah. so despite having uh, parents who've been together as long, longer than both of us have been alive. Yes. You would still walk away. Why? Um, I, cause I agree like with what you're saying, like to me, again, these relationships that I have are supposed to contribute to, to my happiness. And if they start to pick away from, from me as a person, like as from my happiness and all those things, like I choose me, like I, that's beautiful. I'm, I'm my first priority. So if I'm not happy and he's not willing to, you know, change and shift. And that's the thing about marriage. My mom has been transparent about like, sometimes when you're married, you have bad years. Like it's not just bad weeks. It's not Ooh, bad it's months. Michelle Obama. Yeah. Michelle Obama like, got a lot of flack when she was like, I had a couple of rough years with Barack. Like, why didn't you leave him? <laughs> how do you, what is, has your mother told you about how to work through bad years though? Um, we haven't gotten that far because I ain't really had a, a reason to have that information. <laughs> to have that information. <laughs> I love that you were like, I'll get to that bridge when I cross. Right. Yeah, it's fine. I'm not there yet, but but um, yeah, like, and I think that um, obviously, and I actually, thankfully. I don't know the ins and outs of my parents' marriage, which is yeah, absolutely TMI. my preference. Mm-hmm. And um, but she she says like you know about growing because you're gonna change like there's no ways around it but it's just hoping like keeping that communication open Mm -hmm. and you try to change together and you try to evolve together and grow together so when that starts happening i think that you know even after 20 years you got you do you reevaluate you be like uh this isn't working for me anymore so many couples become roommates though and they have they do and they become a a business arrangement there's a certain celebrity couple we're not going to mention them because again i'm not stupid (laughs) Who we all feel like they're in an arrangement. Yeah. Like they've been together for so long. It's a business arrangement. Yeah. And they probably have separate lives. Could you ever see yourself falling for that dynamic where it's like, I have I can have a boyfriend, you can have a girlfriend, but the institution of our marriage has become its own beast? Or would you be like, nah, I'm out. This is my ex-husband. Um, I think that I could probably I could probably do that if it was like mutually beneficial for us, like, you know, maybe financially. Cause sometimes a conglomerate. Like, yeah, like when you're married, like it's like so, like sometimes it can't it's a business. Yeah, it's absolutely a business. Yeah. And if we're keeping that intact and we can still manage to both be respectful and and kind and we have an agreement, I could I could see that. So I just, we just we just talked about half the couples in Hollywood. Um well, you know what's so funny? I like you, I my answer would be yes, I would leave too. Yeah. And I, I always say I'm the world's most reliable flight risk. <laughs> I feel that. I love that. I'm such a reliable person. You so much. If you treat me right, yeah. I got you. Yeah. If you don't, I'm a flight risk. I am. Out and, here. and either you tell me what it is. Right? I'm very like, and so for me, it's like, I don't have the ability to dishonor myself, but for so long before I'm like, yeah, it is not going to work for me. Yeah. And I'm not going to feel bad because mm-hmm. I've been in several relationships, not just sexual relationships, but even friendships and jobs. Yeah. Where they intertwined me in them. People like, oh, Blues, the head of X, X, Y, and Z. We can't even turn on the computers without her. Or Blue's the friend who always does our tri- trips. Like, they make me such a, a vertebrae, like a, a backbone of the of the dynamic. Yeah. They're like, no matter how bad we treat her, she's not going to leave. Oof. Yo, I will risk it all. 
<laughs> I will flip this table with the food on it. <laughs> Fuck y'all, I am out. Ooh. Like, ask my friend. I, 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 like, I was li- literally hanging out with a friend and recently, and something happened I didn't like. I was like, yeah, I'm going to skip this part of the trip. Yeah. You're going to go without me. She was mm-hmm. like, but this is your favorite part. Yeah, it was. I don't want to go no more. <laughs> like, when I tell you there's nothing on this planet that I would not say fuck it to if it's not working for me. Yeah. And it's not because I'm selfish. It's because why prolong the suffering? Yeah. Like, why? Life's too short. It really it, is. It really freaking is. Yeah. Now, my thing is, though, about the business arrangement, that's where it gets stuck. If my partner was being, I don't I almost said the B word. <laughs> We're not supposed to call anybody that, but, but men get very angry. I'm going to just say, if my partner was acting like a bitch, male or female, because technically it could be whatever, whatever, right? Can. If my partner was being a bitch and acting like an asshole, yeah. the, fuck the business too. I'm out. You're not gonna have us be a power couple and whatever, but you're talking crazy to me yeah, behind the scenes. Yeah, that that's the difference. And that's what I'm saying. Like if 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 it was amicable and we yeah. had an agreement, I could do that. But if he's being disrespectful, if he's being ass, he's embarrassing me, all that kind of stuff. No. You better make you another billion. Yeah. Don't like, want to tell you, bruh. I'm out. Oh well. Are we reckless? La la la. <laughs> Wait, reliable flight risk. Is that the name? That's the name of the episode. Yeah, that's that Reliable really is. flight risk. Reliable but, flight first risk. First of all, do you know that all of our mutual friends are going to be like, what the hell did Blue and Lulu decide to do a podcast together? <laughs> Look at them like, how the fuck? They're going to be like, yeah, what is in that kombucha? <laughs> right. What brand is this? Right, do, we, do we need a sponsorship? We might need a sponsorship. Oh, Next time we have a tequila for real, because this, this dry January is... Girl, I thought that we were going to get twisted. I wanted to. First when you told all, me it was January. This is why like, when you make plans, God laughs, right? <laughs> I thought we were going to get fucked up and you were going to pretend that you were single. <laughs> you in a relationship drinking kombucha. I don't know what the fuck... <laughs> What the hell? That's why I was like, let's just make it one episode. Because, like, forget <laughs> the itinerary. We're, go, we're just going to raw dog it. That's not oh what raw dog gosh. means. I using... It's so funny. My friend was like, Blue, why do you use, like, sexual innuendo casually so much? And I was like, I think it's because in college, I was a phone sex operator. Oh, fun. I love that. That's your reaction. <laughs> like, oh, Jezebel. <laughs> I paid for so much of my college education with phone sex. That's great. That I think, why is it? Yeah. I think it's become a, a thing now where because I had a financial incentive to find sexual workplace for money. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's my brain it's now. Built into it now. Now here's the thing that's wild. My podcast with Jason Lee and Damage, they broke it to me on air that that makes me a sex worker, a former sex worker. So, no. Here's the thing. I thought I was a sex worker ally. Oh, <laughs> I didn't think I was one. But you're actually a sex. So worker. here, here's the question: Is phone sex sex worker? I say yes. Why? Because you're talking about sex and getting somebody off as a result. But of... I'm in my PJs and my fuzzy slippers at my house. That's okay. It's sex work for real. It don't take much for these niggas. Uh, so my question <laughs> is: I mean, it doesn't take much. How about <laughs> the um, strippers? Are strippers sex workers? Ah. Uh... I mean, I guess, like, I feel like if a phone Wait, sex... Wait, pause. You, you had more of a conundrum about strippers than phone sex? <laughs> phone sex, absolutely. Strippers... Because they are, I'm sure they're pleasing themselves. We they, they tell the guys not to please themselves in the strip club, so right. it's frowned upon, but I'm sure it still happens. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm a former sex worker? That's okay. I know, I'm not judging it. Like, you but can... how do I not know this about myself? Yeah, I... Yeah. I thought all the time. I'm a little bit of Oprah mixed with Forrest Gump... <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. And the funny thing is, is that like a badge of honor? Like, I'm a former sex. Like, I, it would be for me. Really? Why? I don't know. Is, you do, you're contra- like, you like a little spice. I do. 
Here's the thing, Lulu. I feel like if you and I ever went on vacation, somebody would have to call the police. We didn't need emergency contact. We do, yeah. They'd be like, so who's going to get them out of jail? We need supervision. What is your sign? You should be talking about, you're a Capricorn? No, I said we need a chaperone. Oh, a chaperone. I was like, you don't give off Capricorn. Cancer. Oh, okay. So I feel like I'm in the sand lot with you. My first best friend growing <laughs> up was a Cancer. Yay. You know how that happened? It actually happened kind of the way of the, our friendship. Oh, wow. I really am a creature of habit. <laughs> When I was five years old, this little girl, shout out to Cynthia Mompoint. I'm giving out government names because Kombucha doesn't care about discretion. It doesn't. Um, Cynthia walked up to me on the playground when I was five and said, you're my best friend. I said, okay. <laughs> and we were best friends for 12 years. <laughs> Lulu one time it's came like over to my house and we were hanging out having a great time. And then when you left, I was like, Lulu, this was fun. What made you think of me? And then you're like, bitch, I'm trying to be your friend. I was like, oh, okay. I'm slow, girl. Thank you for being patient with me. I was like, oh, this is so cute. What, what, what are we doing? So I really do think I love cancers because cancers are so honest with me about their intention and I need that. Yeah. The level of clarity. I was like, oh, Lulu's my friend. That's so fun. <laughs> girl, when I tell you above my head, oh. I was like, oh, this is so cute. So I think cancers are probably like great friends for me. Who else is a great friend for me? Gemini's and I get in lots of trouble together. Okay. The shits. <laughs> you leave me in a room with the Gemini. I'm starting a fire somewhere. Like it's, it's. What's your sign again? I'm a, I'm a Taurus. Okay. Okay. Just like Chef Jeff. Okay. But here's the thing. Your chart matters. Have I ever done your chart before? Um, No. So when we've been to Jeff's party, I've been reading everybody's chart. You were the one who was hiding your phone and not letting me see your chart because everybody in the party be making me read their charts. No, well, I well, I didn't want to make you feel obligated to do it. I mean, there was a time, I think it was, was it the one where, where yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say too much because the identifier was TMI. There was a party <laughs> where we did like three or four hours of, of me doing chart readings. But I had- I was there. I don't, I, you might not have been there. I had to eat oh. edibles. <laughs> And so I think I was just channeling. And I was like, yeah, yeah man, the spirits are talking to me, man. And like, <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, you're so deep. And I was like, yeah. Like, we, it was just a lot. Yeah. So what I've learned is not to drink a lot or eat edibles around people that I'm not super cool with. Yeah. Because they will, if I start channeling, people who are not used to that will like take advantage of it. Mm. Luckily at Jeff's house, I felt safe. So it was cool. Mm -hmm. But I once I went to a party where they were asking me for reading so much. My homeboy, David Johns, literally grabbed me and said, we're going. My, the Uber's outside. I said, why? <laughs> He's like, they're going to suck you dry. Oof. And that's the thing too, right? When you have a gift and you sincerely like helping people, yeah. you sometimes don't gauge that you're depleting yourself. Mm. Which brings me to my next question. I love these segues. Oh, here we go. How do you in a relationship, and this is a question that I'm going to be asking all my friends in relationships for this year, because I need you bitches to show me your ways. <laughs> how do you in a relationship maintain your autonomy? Because when I go through a breakup, no matter how much I love somebody, I always feel relief because I missed me. You missed you. Yeah. I don't oh. ever keep me in a relationship. Okay. I always feel like I disappear into the relationship and I get me back when we break up. Got it. Got it. How got do you, and that's one of the habits I'm trying to break. As an, a cancer who's supposed to be a nurturer, just like me, although yeah. you, we're going to look into your chart because there's some ticky ticky boom in there. <laughs> you, ticky, ticky you, you seem a little bit more reckless than, than the average cancer. There's some, there's some Sagittarius. There's some in there that's not just cancer. Woo. But like, how do you maintain your autonomy when you're a, a nurturing person in a relationship? Um, You know what? I feel like it takes me so long. Like being a cancer and having that hard shell, it takes so long to get that hard shell out. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of like, I've only had, since I, I was with this one guy for super, super, super long. And since him- How long I, is super long? Like 10 years. Oh, that's super long. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. And I was really hurt by that situation. Mm. I've been keeping like the, this shell around my relationships, like even in my current one, in my last one, 
that I still I always I still keep something for myself like mm -hmm. all the time, no matter what. And I kind of feel like it's it's a little healthy, just like because you. It, I think it's I, don't, I think it's a little unhealthy to lose yourself in anybody. Oh, no, it's a hundred percent unhealthy. It's toxic. Yeah. yeah. So I I like I just I'm like and I feel like the way to do it. I don't even know. I really don't even have any wise words, honestly. Like I just. And I've, I've been lucky to to be with men who know that I like to have my own space and have my own friends. Don't and, give it all away. Things the advice, yeah. And, yeah, like just don't give it all away. And I think my, my I think my mom has said something like that to me. Cause Your I, mom needs to come on this podcast because she should. <laughs> Look, that's going to speak to me. Because had she showed up, I probably could have saved me a couple. I'd be married right now. <laughs> So what did your mama say this time? I love her. <laughs> <laughs> she just says, like, always keep something for yourself. Like, no matter what, even if you're married. Like, even if you're married for 20 years, 30 years, 40, like... Always keep something for yourself. Yeah. That is so prophetic because uh, my friend Serena had a birthday recently, and I went to her birthday party, and she had a reader there, which was so cool, because when I'm used to... I'm so used to reading other people. Yeah. I like when there's another reader who can read me. Like, yeah. bitch, what do you see? <laughs> and so we were talking, and oh, she... Wow. Right, like, tell me what you see in me. Like, it's my turn for once. <laughs> and she was like, you're generous to a fault. Like, when you get a, something abundant, your first reaction is to give it away. Mm. And you need to learn how to keep some for yourself. So it's just very crazy to me. Yeah. that the I have not been socializing for the first two weeks of the year. Because I wanted to have some time for myself because yeah. I felt overstimulated. The last time I was around people, I heard that. And here we are in the studio and I'm hearing it again. Keep something for yourself. I need to learn how to be selfish in a healthy way. And that's interesting because you're an only child. So I feel like it's usually the opposite. I'm an only child, but I'm an empath. So I was always like, oh, God, everybody's depressed. Let me make them happy. <laughs> So I think when you're, and you, you understand what it's like being very empathetic. Cancer is super yeah, empathetic, yeah. right? Uh -huh. When you're reading the room and feeling people's feelings, you're like, oh, the thing that they need to have extra. Yeah. And I think because I'm so naturally abundant, I always have a little bit of extra. So yeah. my first thought is, oh, you can have some. I'm not going to lose anything out. Yeah, yeah. But then it starts to be like, you can have some. Oh, shit, there's none left for me. Yeah, that's true. Or you can have some. Oh, damn, I had to rob somebody else to get you some. And I'm not <laughs> like, it, it, it devolved over time. Rob Peter to pay Paul. <laughs> I used to be Peter Pan. I really, really, really used to be Peter Pan. At one point, I'm going to have to have a conversation with you about the concept of female friendships. Ooh, that would be a good episode. Yeah, oh, my we, gosh. We are slowly running out of time, but okay. I really, really want to talk to you about that because it's so interesting. You, my friend Sarita, my friend Monique, my friend Elise, and I think like one other person whose name escapes me, girl, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Bridget and Mandy. I love them, too you are a small group of women that I've recently been like, oh, I have female friends that I actually think won't like betray me and break my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've been through, because female, here's the thing, Ooh. right? I, I mentioned this in a previous episode. When you're neurodivergent, and which means, for those of you who don't know the words, it just means that your brain doesn't pick up subtle cues. Okay. So anything that's subtle, I mean, the, the word is autistic, but people get, get freaked out when you say autism, right? <laughs> I'm highly functioning neurodivergent, which means okay. I assimilate for most of the world but when it comes to social relationships, yeah, the subtle cute, I don't pick them up. Which is why you have to be like, Blue, I'm being your friend. I'm like, oh, yay. That's <laughs> me being autistic, right? Yeah. Female friendships are socialized to be 80% nonverbal and subtle and passive aggressive. 
Interesting. So the very thing that I cannot do is what most female friendships that I've witnessed are socialized to do. Whether you're a good person or not, society mm-hmm. tells you, well, when you're homegirl, you know what that means? No, I don't. Could, could, <laughs> could she just tell me? And I think the reason that I have so many guy friends is when you're neurodivergent, men are so simple. Yeah. They're so blunt with each other. Mm-hmm. I don't have to guess what men. So it's not that I prefer men. It's just yeah. that they're the only ones who are being blunt with me. Right. Where a homegirl would be like, well, she gave you a look, so we thought you knew what that meant. No, girl. <laughs> somebody just tell me what's going on. And so I've always felt insecure and I'm using that word intentionally about having female friends I'm like fuck I really love Lulu but like if she's subtle I'm not gonna pick it up and she's gonna get mad at me (laughs) so I love that you're so direct with me because that's what I need yeah but you seem like someone with such a big heart but Mm -hmm. I've only seen the big heart version of you Mm -hmm. cancers I've learned (laughs) The, the the sweet meat that I get is not what the rest of the world is getting so for you what has it been like for you especially in LA uh huh as an attractive woman in this town where everybody acts like there's only three rich men that you all have to fight for. <laughs> what has it been like for you making female friendships in LA? That's the question that I, I want to end with because we talked about love. We talked about family. Friendship to me is the kind of love that we don't talk about enough. Yeah. Um, so I grew up and I, I like to bring this up because I feel like it's, it, it's important to go with my origin story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but since I played sports for so long, obviously on women's teams I think that I'm able to have relationships with women who I may not necessarily pick as friends, even if we have a common goal. So with uh, so with that being said, like um, I I've dealt with so many different types of women who, again, may not necessarily be my friends. I think it's easier for me to sift through things that I don't like because I recognize like behavior and the way that you act and things like that. And even still, like women are very difficult to read. And sometimes they treat you like you're in a relationship with them also. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, you know, giving you the silent treatment or mad because you forgot something. And then, you know, I'd be so confused. I feel like somebody's husband. Like, what did I do now? Yeah. There's so many layers. And I've, I've been in that situation as well. Like right. I felt like, or I'm like, well, what, wait, what did I do? So I think that I, I feel like I've also been, been lucky to have like, a, I have a lot of great women friends. I hate saying female. Like, I, I don't know why like, like females be doing this. Like I just, because it's derogatory, that. but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> males. Yeah. How weird would we be like these males out here? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. So I have a lot of great, like, amazing women that I've met in LA, and um, I, like, I, I don't know, like, if you just watch their behavior and like how they act and how they treat women who they consider friends when they're not, they're not around. Oops, <laughs> I got so excited I almost threw a camera the microphone. I was like, "Girl, that's it." <laughs> Some of these girls, when I see them talking about their best friend, I'm like, "Is that yeah. you're talking about your best friend? Then what the hell are you about to say about me?" Exactly. You're right. Watch how they treat other people. That's a good one. And this it, it, is a vicious cycle because it, it goes back to what you were saying about the guys who talk bad about their girlfriends and then they're on vacations. Because like it's just like sometimes I think that women, because like there's nonverbal cues, like mm-hmm. when they do get directness, it's almost as it's it comes off as aggressive. Yep. And like they have a, a hard time digesting it. So every female friend that I've had in the past that didn't work out was trying to be passive aggressive. Yeah. And mind you, I'm also a coach too. So I literally get paid to teach about how to not be passive aggressive. Right. So there's mm-hmm. also the conditioning that I have, right? So I'm like, hey, do you want to have a courageous conversation? Bitch, you trying to fight? That's not, <laughs> I, that's none of those words. Girl, when I tell you, I be feeling like somebody's husband so confused. Like how, how did, how are we in how an argument? How did we get here? How did we, how get, did here? we get here so quickly? Yeah. And so you're right. I think society does play a part. 
Because mm-hmm. I think at, at the base, men and women all have feelings. Absolutely. all want to feel loved and safe. Mm-hmm. But men are told you're providers. And if you talk too much about your feelings, you're a little bitch. Yeah. And w- women say, be likable, even if you have to be fake. It's Yeah. And it's it's the way that we're socialized. That's, yep. that's literally all that it is. It's by design. And like, and so, because I, I know tons of men who are extremely sensitive. Most men I know are extremely sensitive. Yeah. Like, yeah. tons of them are extremely sensitive. And, and extreme, like, all these things that they say that women are. Mm-hmm. And it's Especially if like you're in, you know, in the confines of your own home with a guy that you're dating and I've seen them break down or I've seen them do things like go through phones or be um, cry or be emotional, punch wall, like all these kinds of things. And like men want to act like that isn't something that happens. It's very emotional. Like, do you think they're going back to their homeboys and being like, yeah, so after I went through my girl's phone, I cried and then I showed up at a job and uh, yeah, they're not they're not going to tell you that they they would clown him. So I think what we learned in this episode, (laughs) what is the episode going to be called again? Oh, reliable Um, flight. Reliable flight. Risk. I love that the title came up so naturally. I think in this episode, what we learned is number one that me and Lulu used to be toxic as fuck. <laughs> Both of us, girl. You like you worse than me. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, me and Lulu used to be toxic as fuck. I'm actually st- stepping out on a, on a branch, and instead of chasing down men who don't like me enough, mm-hmm. actually, let me not lie. I've never chased down a man. My ego is too big for that. Instead of entertaining, yeah, yeah, or just allowing them to be in your space. My, my thing is, I don't chase, but I do entertain. Instead of entertaining yeah. people who don't like me enough, I'm now in a space where I'm opening up to making strong friendships with people who I can trust women friends now, and I'm being more honest at work. I'm being more honest with my colleagues and my yes. family. Yep. And I think that whoever I date next, it'll make sense for him to show up in that environment. Yep. Instead of chasing a person, I'm creating an environment to attract what I need. I love that. Look at me sounding healthy after all that shit I just talked about. Oh, my, my God. My Look how this is our first podcast together. How did it feel? It felt amazing. It you felt... see, that was just a regular conversation, yeah, right? it was very organic. It's just like we were on the till couch. Literally. Oh, the till couch is gone. I saw you trying to I, I, it. I, I got rid of it today. Oh, you did? I called the the, the, the the delivery people and had them pick it up to donate it to somebody. Oh, cool. Yeah, because I had a bunch of people on Facebook, like Facebook trying to scam me it was a bit <laughs> y'all the teal couch is gone which is hilarious because when the show first came out two years ago it was called like come sit on our teal couch yeah and now we're coming back for a season three where there's no teal couch <laughs> look, look at evolution teal wall. i know we have a teal wall guys cool. look at that this by the way for those of you who are watching this is supposed to be a picture of me but it's only the corner of me when i had my hair all curly my hair no, my hair no longer looks like this <laughs> i didn't have that dress. Oh, my titties, Your titties Any, look really nice anyways guys uh thank you so much for uh watching this episode of humanized thank you to lutasha for being our first play cousin are <laughs> you coming back yes please are you being polite or are you being serious because you know i can't read non-verbal cues <laughs> we already said i'm direct so yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to have a, a very fun season and I love the idea of us being weekly because it means that the conversation gets to be ongoing. Um, before we leave, guys, please make sure that you follow Lutasha at what? What's your Instagram? Lulu. Well, L-U underscore L-U one nine mm-hmm. on Instagram. Do you do Twitter or any of the other things? I do not. That's smart because Twitter be beating up my time. <laughs> I'm at Blue Centric. You guys, if you already know me, you know what at Blue Centric is. And please, if you want to see uh, any extra footage, please go to blue, uh, patreon.com backslash uh, Blue Centric. And also, I want you guys to know that we are going to be having a special. Uh, actually, no, I'm not going to tell you guys what we're going to have. <laughs> Just watch it when it comes out. Lulu, thank you for coming. This was really fun. Yes, I had a great time. Thank you for having me. The, next time we need alcohol. Oh, for sure. When Lulu comes back, we're going to be drunk, guys. Because I feel like I got drunk in waves <laughs> and she was sipping on water the entire time. <laughs> I love you guys for watching. Please be kind to each other. And as usual, please remember that we're all just human beings doing human shit. Bye.
Are you a fan of classic cinema or a young person who wants to discover the best films of all time? Do these legendary movies still hold up? On the Generation Film Podcast, two guys who grew up when movies dominated the culture share a great film with a panel of young movie lovers and see how it plays for today's generation. We discuss changes in storytelling styles, representation, and the making of each film, its initial reception, and how its meaning has changed over the years. Join us as we explore cinema classics across generations on Generation Film. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast, Back to the Arena, the Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the Interviews. Electric Acid.